Hello there. Welcome to our little trans-dimensional joyride, folks. I'm Dr. Megan, your friendly controller and a heck of a cultural historian, if I do say so myself. But let's not talk about me. Let's talk about you and how you can help me make history today with this time catamaran. It's like this. If I can bring you back from the Meiji era, it stands to reason that I can bring back a live painter with you. And not just any painter. Take a look at this guy. It's a Sundere. And I'm certain that he is the key to understanding these magnificent creatures. I tagged him myself with a locator during an unauthorized field trip. Otherwise, I'd be traveling with you. Right now, our painter should be about here, in the Meiji era. And that's where you're going today. Oh, hey, Dr. Steph. We were just talking about disclaimers and not illegal time travel activity. So remember that the Dub Talk podcast may contain language and situation that is not suitable for younger listeners, and that listeners' destruction is advised. Spoilers for all of Meiji Tokyo Runka and any other anime can occur. Please watch Meiji Tokyo Runka before watching and come back. And finally, all the opinions expressed are that of the individual hosts and do not reflect Dub Talk as a whole. We're in! Now here's the drill. You follow the homing signal to the painter. Then I'll enlarge the transport field, and boom, you're back with us with one additional passenger, extra small. And don't worry about that cop. You'll be in and out of there before he gets a sword on you. Trust me, what could go wrong? Hello, one and all, and welcome to Dub Talk, a show where a group of friends get set back in time to find our one true love and maybe better ourselves along the way. Now it's been a long time coming, but it's time to throw back to your favorite type of night during the week. That's right, it's Ladies Night! This is Ladies Night, get your box box one out. out. This is Ladies Night, oh what a night. (laughs) What a night. Night. Get your box wine out. Take your pants and bra off. Let's get ready to rumble. And let's get ready to talk about some boys. If you couldn't guess, my name is Megan and I have along with me tonight, Stephanie. Hello. And Gigi. What up, friends? So we've collectively locked all of our boyfriends in a cage with one dollar and a copy of Tigtone to see how long they can last while we talk about the hottest romance. Fuck. <laughs> you were doing we so well. We talk about the hottest fucks. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Let's go. Tonight we are going to talk about the 2019 anime that a lot of you straight men overlooked and all you ladies loved. Let's talk about some Meji Tokyo Renko! Man, we have actually been trying to do this episode for a solid year and we finally got to sit down to do it. Thanks, quarantine. <laughs> Thank you, virus. Thanks. Thanks, quarantine and self-isolation. <laughs> Thanks, I'm all by myself. Out. Texas has a quarantine. Might as well watch all the Otome anime. <laughs> watch all the Otome. Please. You actually have to cut out the line because we will get demonetized. We will get demonetized so just, fast. Just okay. beep it out. Put that horn, that air horn, that <laughs> air horn. Just air horn random words out in the middle of this, like penis, uh, and see what happens. <laughs> Shit. Or be like the last episode of JoJo's when it aired on Toonami and they had to take they had to take out like rock the word rock heart. They left the part rock heart, but they bleeped out the word cock. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> for those of you who those of you who live under a rock or in the Meiji era, let's give a quick summary of Meiji Tokyo Renka from the back of the Blu-ray release only because there is no DVD in this release. You're welcome, by the for, way. For for Meiji Tokyo Renka. Also, be you're welcome, by the way, for all the girls coming back together. Don't worry, we're going to torture Noah later. No, Woo-hoo! I'm telling you, you're welcome because I'm the one who bought you that set. Oh, that's right, you did buy me this for Christmas. Yep, I did. She's making love history. Ooh, baby. From the director and studio behind Fruits Basket, the bad version, and Tommy <laughs> Samakis. I take that back. I love that show. <laughs> it happened on the night of the Crimson Moon. Mei Ayazuki was swept away from, to a different time period by a mysterious magician, magician, Charlie. You know, because that's a very Japanese name. In an unfamiliar Tokyo, her memory is fuzzy, but she's rescued by the dashing Ogai Mori and winds up as his fiance. She soon discovers her ability to see spirits is quite sought after by many handsome historical figures, in fact. Desperate to get home, but also drawn to these men, may find herself in the impossible situation trying to help them out. From chasing cats to intense geisha trainings, aka the best part of the show, <laughs> May can't help but becoming more comfortable in this time period. Will she follow her heart or leave the past behind to return home? Dun dun dun! dun. <laughs> so before we start, since we're not doing predictions for this, because this is a review episode, we have a different type well, we, of prediction We, we, we kind of have just, just, legit, we've kind of gone away from the whole predictions and impressions stuff now, though, to be fair. Yeah, it's it's just a lot easier on, you know, like thir- 12 working adults with actual jobs. Yeah. And with so a many reminder, and with so many shows coming out too, it's very hard to like yeah. keep up with and make predictions. And doing impressions in seasons is a pain in the ass. So we, we're a kind of straying that away. Everybody kind of, at Dub Talk, yeah, we're kind is of is a slave to capitalism or Tom Nook. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're kind of going away from it, and we're gonna be doing probably strictly reviews from this point forward. So gotta adapt. <laughs> but we do have another type of prediction. Oh man, ladies, let's start the history bowl. Because if fate, the Fate series taught us anything, you can, in fact, fuck history. <laughs> fuck. We so, were born to make history. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> we were made. We were born to blow history. Again. <laughs> God damn it. We're never gonna get so, this done. <laughs> so, there's not that many characters to talk about. Oh, still, it's us. We're gonna ramble so, forever. <laughs> Just because you're right does not mean you're correct. Um, so we're gonna make predictions for who we think the other people's best boy is, based off of the ones that appear in the opening. Uh, because there aren't that many actual guys that matter in this show, yeah, even though a lot true. of them show up. It's true. In fact, one of them gets to be in the opening, and he literally shows up like one episode, and then at the end gets to dance away with May, and it's just like, what did you even do here? He's like, like tuxedo why you- mask. No, the purpose for this character is a wonderful, wonderful song we get. <laughs> okay, he, that's why he gets to be talked about. Yes. But Gigi, he's like that He's like that one thing of Sailor Moon. My work here is done, but you didn't do anything. Ow! Ow, I just punched myself in the ear. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. How? It's Megan. How oh haven't I hurt god. myself? Oh my god. Well, good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night. Podcast over. <laughs> Podcast over. Megan's- Megan hurt herself. We met our quota. <laughs> Megan hurt her ear. She needs to go get it kissed better. <laughs> I- we, we, you can't. You locked up your own boyfriend for the dollar oh, and that's- shit. Yeah, it's man. It's all in a copy of Tigtone. 
What is a tick tone? It's a show in Adult Swim. I just picked a random Adult Swim show. I think this time it's flipped over to a uh, Four Kids One Piece. Oh, so, no, uh, no one's oh, gonna Chris get that. happy. Chris, well, Chris is just doing the rap down there. He is. <laughs> Andrew's just um, very Roots confused. Is, Roots is probably also doing the rap. Um, Andrew's probably so, jamming out. I guess I'll go first with my predictions for uh, who's best boy for everybody. Okay. Dun, so, dun, dun, dun. Uh, so for Gigi. I'm actually going to guess it's Otojiro. I don't remember anybody's name, so The please. actor. Okay. I, I, I can't say the actor. No, 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 um, no, 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 no. The, Otojiro's an actor. Yeah, yes, the actor. Is what I'm telling her. That's how yeah. I would have known him. Yeah, Either by profession slash, or yeah. hair color. <laughs> Brown-haired actor. Got it. And for Steph... Okay. I'm going to go with... Um, shit. I'm going to go with Kyoka, the little redhead germaphobe. Okay. All right. All right. So, Gigi, who do you think we got? All right. So, for Megan, there really is only one choice. It could have been two, but I'm going to go with my gut here and say, oh, guy. For Steph. Who is, who is your other choice, though? Shunso. Okay. To be fair on that one, I do own a Shunso Nendroid. See? So. See? Oh, you're, man. You're I don't even have a Shunso Nendo. You're also, you're also welcome for the Shunso Steph Nendo. did also buy me that, too. <laughs> do you also have it, Gigi? No, I don't. I missed all of those, apparently. There's only one, and it's him. Oh, well, I missed him. I don't have him. Um, yeah. For Steph, mm-hmm. uh, I was going to go with Kyoka, too. But in order to be different... Uh, no, fuck it. I'm still going to go with Kyoka. <laughs> All right. Ooh. My turn, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, With Megan... I would also lean towards Ogaimori. However. Oh, oh, now we're getting into the howevers. I also know some of her past tweets <laughs> were directed for this character. So I'm going to say Shinzo. And for Gigi, Otojiro is a good pick, but. Be- because I think that she would like him to kick her ass, Fujita. <laughs> Which one is that? The cop. The cop. What color hair does he have? Green. Green. Okay. Teal. Like teal's green. Okay. He's also the domestic. Is that the cat cafe guy? Cat cafe yes. guy who will okay. kick your ass. All right. So when do we reveal right. our answers? Uh, I vote we reveal our answers if they come up. Okay. Okay. So uh, picks are locked. Picks so are locked. So I hope. Locked and loaded. Locked. Locked and loaded, just like a box of wine. You know who deserves the biggest box of wine? Our director and our writers. Fuck Woo! yeah! Because uh, somebody's gotta, somebody's gotta build the time machine. Dock, somebody's gotta dock brown this thing, <laughs> and send us back to the past eighty-eight miles an hour. Coincidentally, that's how hard I would like to go at Ogai. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I win. You just, you just. I know. Yourself. It's it's very obvious who I like. Okay. <laughs> There's no hiding it. Megan's is going to get revealed early. <laughs> I can't help it. See, but I want to see. He's so hot. See, here's the thing. I would, I think Mori too. But like you, you, like the first time you watched though, you so loved Shinzo, and I thought that might have still been the case. Shut up. <laughs> the answer is shut up. <laughs> shut up. I do have another favorite character though. Okay. Uh, so, but shut up. Um. <laughs> So, our director is Tabitha, right? 
and our writers for primarily for the entire show was Quister McGuire. However, Matt Shipman did uh, work on episodes two and four. And though we are not exclusively talking about him, uh, Jeremy Katz did help out with one of the episodes and he was the overall script supervisor, but we're not going to talk about him because he he didn't do the majority of the work like Matt and Kristen did. Mostly Kristen. <laughs> Mostly Kristen. So we, so um, we still love you, Matt. So we still love you too, Matt. Um, so Tabitha Ray has directed series such as Sada, Sada's Online, Azure Lane, and The Miss Caretaker of Tsunaharoso. Kristen McGuire, you'll know as the writer for series such as Tsukigakure. That time I got reincarnated as a slime and the helpful fox Senko-san. Matt Shipman, you'll know for his writing on the Morris Mononoke in season two. Hensky and a certain scientific railgun team. Steph gets to go first because her boyfriend's lowest on the totem pole. <laughs> it's because he's the youngest, isn't it? That and the fact that he is the human embodiment of a golden retriever going into a screen door. Also, he's the shortest. That too. Did we figure that out? No, we did figure out he was the shortest because it was either him or Noah and we discovered it was him, right? No, Noah's sh- Noah is shorter than Andrew, but out of the three, your boyfriend oh, is the shortest. Oh, out of our boys. Out of our boys. Yes. I get what you're saying. I gotcha. All if right. Jenny was here, she would go first, but Jenny's too busy being the best mom. Jenny is best mom. Jenny also had her birthday the other day. Happy birthday, Jenny. Happy birthday, Jenny. Happy birthday, Jenny. He better have treated you right, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> damn it, Noah, you better treat your woman right. Waffles. <laughs> God damn it. And in the morning, I'm making waffles. <laughs> <laughs> Wench, give me my waffles. <laughs> Side note, recording this on April Fools has been fun because Megan and I changed our Twitter profiles. I decided to be gritty for the day for shits and giggles, and it's been hilarious. <laughs> Meanwhile, Megan is a is a Kirito stan now. Yes, I am. I am I am a Kirito stan. Kirito from Sword Art Online is my husbando. <laughs> he makes it more he makes it more moist down there than the flooding Mississippi River. Oh dear Jesus. <laughs> GG, do you watch Project Runway? Of course. Did you watch this season? 17? No. Okay. Do you know who Ashley Longshore is? No. Okay. So she's this, like, graphic designer. And at one point, they have a challenge with, like, she was, like, making textiles for them. And uh, she says at one point, oh, honey, that floods my basement. Like, That's about amazing. how good that was. And Brandon <laughs> Maxwell proceeded to fucking yeet himself out of a chair. Oh it was God. great. Anyway, Stephanie, your thoughts. Anyway, directing and writing, huh? I'm cleaning my glasses. They're smudged. Um, so... <laughs> God damn it. Damn, Andrew, learn to aim. Oh! That's why I want one. Oh, <laughs> man. That's why, ladies, if he has bad aim, may I may I suggest you wear the proper PPE? <laughs> Maybe some sea goggles for all that snow. Sea goggles? You need a snorkeling go- mask, there, bud. Shit. Wow, he must aim no. really bad. <laughs> I was gonna say you might, but he you shouldn't, but he might. <laughs> wow. Top talk, a family podcast. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, we are such a family-friendly podcast. <clears throat> um, oh, there's a reason why we mentioned that we have foul language and and very very mature subject matter. Um, anyway, directing and writing. We've been holding off on this for like five minutes. Um, so here's the thing with this. It was 
I think when it was announced that Meiji Tokyo Ranko Ranko one was licensed, two was getting a dub. Collectively, <laughs> the the female anime community probably went and shit themselves. Hooray! <laughs> Cause oh my god, this was <laughs> fun. <laughs> um, because the show I actually hadn't seen the show until um, late last year when I was watching it for um, dubbies. Uh, and also because we were throwing around doing the episode at the time, too. And <laughs> this show has so much charm and so much fun. <laughs> it has so much energy to it. And it's just lighthearted and comedic. And there's just so many, like, fun elements to it that might be a little bit difficult to do given this is based off of an otome game and let's face it there are otome game anime adaptations that are not that great so you need so obviously you need to make sure you do this one justice which first of all the show a plus um but the dub and the direction on it like if i had to give it a score one out of ten it would exceed that like a long shot um only because, like, what I've noticed, I've only, I only know Tabitha's directing work for a few shows. So, there's this, there's Sun and Zanmai, and, um, Megan actually didn't mention this one, but Suriadura Children as well. And a commonality is she seems to like some of the fun, lighthearted, maybe zany things sometimes, um, with Sun and Zanmai in the mix but she also is she's also been very good about understanding the material and finding the charm and the heart of it and giving it such a fun presence that has still has that weight to it when it wants to be um and it definitely comes through with meiji tokyo ranka because i think this is one of the earlier ones for her too um as a director uh and I just love every bit of it. The casting is a lot of fun. There is one role in particular that I'm 50-50 on, and we'll get to him in a little bit. But <laughs> but that's more because I'm not familiar with this actor, I think, rather than the performance itself, but we'll get to that. Um, as for the writing, they had fun with this, too. Because this is a mix of... The, again, this is an Otome game adaptation, and sometimes the writing on Otome games can be really weird. Um... But also, this is a time-traveling one. <laughs> There's also... <laughs> this is also essentially a time-traveling anime. So you have to be careful when you send your uh, main character to the past that uh, not a lot of non-historical slang is used. Which I think Kristen and Matt did wonderfully. There were the occasional lines that were kind of silly... But those are like one-liner type of lines, and it actually was it actually was kind of adorable. Um, in episode, I think this was episode two. The 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 line "spoon me, Fumi." Oh yeah, spoon me, Fumi. I'm just like, it's a it's so silly, and I in normal normally I wouldn't think it would work in like a historical piece like this, but it's also a fun little lighthearted thing and it just it got a chuckle out of me so it knows 
what it knows what the show is and what's supposed to do, what it is it's supposed to be and what's supposed to portray it ha they had Kristen and Matt had fun with this they really did um it gave they had gave some fun one-liners um and they still were able to retain the comedic tone of it but also the emotional like core and the heart of it too um so all around directing and writing a plus I loved it every second of it I guess I'm going to kind of lump everything kind of together um, with this show. Uh, I will admit it took me a while to get into it. In fact, I think I watched the first three episodes three times on accident because I'd forgotten I'd watched the first three episodes. And even after I had watched them again, I was like, did I watch this? Like, I just don't remember. So it didn't leave a very lasting impression on me. In fact, it took me until episode six to really like this show. Um, so I think it started off really slow for me, but I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Um, I did enjoy the varied casting that this had in the dub. Um, some of the roles were kind of like cookie cutter, stereotypical kind of casting, which I liked. You know me. I enjoy when I can call who somebody's going to be and it makes me happy. Um, but the others were not. And I, I just, I really enjoyed that I could like listen to it and then be like is this so-and-so no it's not but it really kind of sounds like so-and-so uh i don't know we'll see what happens um i enjoyed that um i like the two separate tones of the two time periods and i like that they didn't really cross a lot um and i really liked the direction and the writing for when everyone was drunk those were <laughs> those were some of my favorite scenes um, mr eel <laughs> this um, isn't more booze <laughs> Fucking just so sister's a Mr. Eel is the one that kills. Now delivery of Mr. Eel is the one that kills me every time. Oh god, I just that whole episode was freaking hysterical. Um, I did kind of feel like sometimes the time period dialogue was kind of stilted, um, but it definitely got better as the show went on. Like they had warmed up to writing it. <laughs> um, and it also may have been because you said Matt Shipman wrote two and four, like yes. in the beginning, I, I mean, it takes a while to warm up to this kind of, Hey, we're in a time period now. Like we have to be, um, accurate to this and not throw in a bunch of Mimi jokes. But I think that, um, May had great dialogue. She was insanely cute. Um, and I don't know if they wrote these or if somebody else did, but I like the lyrics to the rap. There is a rap in there. Everybody kind of like freaked out about the rap. And then I heard the rap and I was like, ah, all right, but it's a cute rap. Like the lyrics are cute. So I was like, okay, it's, it's not like stars on my singing. Like I freaked out about how good all the songs were in stars on my, but the lyrics were cute. I think it fit with the, with the whole tone of the show. So like I said, kind of a slow start for me, but then as it ramped up, I like got more and more invested in it. I think, I don't think, I think Dawn might have done the music for that, this episode. It didn't have anything on ANN and I didn't check the credits for that episode, but they have the rap and I feel bad. So, um, one of the things I, I really like about this cast is that it is a bunch of people that I really like and I really expect. And there's a few, uh, oddball choices in there, but they all sound so at ease in the roles. Like... The stilted dialogue thing is something I noticed too, and I know you particularly uh, said that episodes two and four where Matt came in, uh, he's admitted in an, uh, a Reddit AMA that he does have a bit, he doesn't, he, he finds it more challenging to do uh, 
stuff like that. Like, uh, he says Legend of the Galactic Heroes, the new Atessa, gives him a lot of, like, trouble to do, because that's very formal dialogue, and it's right. very... And the thing is that I actually kind of like that the dialogue in the Meiji era is a bit more stilted, and Mei is a lot more casual, because it gives off that sense that, hey, she is from another time where there is slang, because she does use a lot of tropey slang dialogue. Um, yep. Like... Uh, I think at one point she says, like, oh my god, my feels, or something. Uh, she uses the term meet cute, happily ever after. Yep. And there are ter- and they are terms that uh, people like Mori and stuff don't really know. Like how, uh, I think it's in episode four or something, they're at the theater and she's talking about uh, Shakespeare yeah. and stuff. Yep. And he's like, oh, you must be fucking smart and rich because you know about Western stuff, which... <laughs> God, I love the scene where that one lady's trying to eat with a fork and she stabs herself. <laughs> the only thing I can think of the entire time is she's about to call that fucking thing a dingle hopper. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know when. I don't know how. I'm gonna stab myself in the throat with this fork somehow. <laughs> uh, but there's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of really good comedic delivery in this show, too. Uh, as well as some, like, surprisingly dramatic things in it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I, I'm not gonna lie, I think this is one of my favorite shows that Kristen's written. Like, I absolutely rolled on the floor at some of the dialogue, including one of my favorite lines, Why are you rolling around like a sad turtle? Yep. <laughs> or just the delivery, like, how, uh... God, there's, like, one character... I, I have to save it for that, because that's, like, some of my favorite acting in the show, is that one character. But... I think that Tabitha does a really good job, and Tabitha kind of gets put on a lot of really weird shit. I've noticed that too, but at the same time, she, like, usually nails it. She she does a good job. Like, I really liked Sarn's Omni, and this- I don't think this is as strong of a dub as Sarn's Omni. No. No, no not well, even, It's but not, still. it's not, but it's still really good, and I'm really sad a lot of people sleep on this show. Yeah. Um, it, but I'll save that for final thoughts, because it's gonna be- because congrats, that wine's going to double as a soapbox. Alright, so are we ready to move on to our first set of characters? Yes. So our first two set of characters are Tosuke Iwasaki and Charlie. Hi, Charlie. I Charlie! Just, I Why is his name fucking Charlie? Charlie. <laughs> Charlie bit my finger. I like how one of you went for Charlie bit my finger and the other one went for Charlie the unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I shouldn't have thought of that. Ah, oh, they took my freaking kidney. <laughs> Candy Mountain, Charlie. Candy Mountain. Candy Mountain. Fuck, now I'm just imagining Charlie luring May in with Candy Mountain and May just going, ah, my freaking kidney. Fan disc. Um, <laughs> so Charlie is a magical magician who, uh, who uh, essentially puts May into the past with magic and shit. Davis as Machina, Charlie. Yeah, but she, but... Like, at the end of the show, it reveals that Charlie's actually her phone keychain. Basically, he's some kind of spirit that has been with her for yeah, a long time. For her life, it it, it, it was in her phone keychain, because at the end of the show, he cracks, and I was yep. like, oh no, Charlie's fucking dead! Uh, Tos- no. uh Tosuke Iwasaki. I'm trying to look up his historical thing, but it's bringing me to the wrong, wrong person, so I'm gonna <laughs> read what the description for the show is. Um... He is an adventurer with a focus of electricity, and he can also see spirits. But that never gets got brought over in the show. In fact, Tosuke is in the opening and appears twice. 
Tosuke doesn't do fucking shit. No, he doesn't. It's kind of so, sad, really. It yeah, really I was like, is what, sad. What's your fucking deal, Tosuke? Uh, sequel anime, give us Tosuke screen time. Anyway, Charlie is played by Ian Sinclair, and Tosuke is played by Garrett Storms. Ian Sinclair, you'll know his characters such as Luke Atme in Ace Attorney Season 2, Reo in Saren Zomni, and Homore Kawai in Recovery of MMM. <laughs> Shit. Megan's brain has been hitting the box wine, apparently. <laughs> you started early. Homari Kowai, fucking, fucking being locked up in the house does shit to you, man. Um, it's true. Kowai in recovery of an M- <laughs> nya, 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 nya. Recovery, recovery of an MMO junkie. MMO junkie. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Garrett Storms, you'll know as Kachu Kiyomitsu in Tokunrabu Hanamaru, Rogue in Fairy Tale, and Natsu Asami in Convenient Store Boyfriends. Do you just want me to talk about Ian Sinclair? Yes, quickly yes. to get it out of the way. Yes. So we love I love you. that you I love that you stumbled over Koei Wai from Recovery of an MMO Junkie because that's exactly what I wrote down. I was like, it's Koei Wai with magic. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. So this is Goofy Ian Sinclair. Um I was not expecting this. I was expecting him to be somebody else. Um but it definitely worked. He was just super funny and super goofy through the whole thing. Um, but then at the end, it got really sentimental, and I almost got like the feels that I get for sentimental Ian Sinclair, like in Sarazanmai, and I was like, oh, my heart. But then it like went away, so I was like, okay, he's still Charlie. He still has magic. It's fine. I thought he did a really great job in this. Um, like I said, definitely was not expecting him here, but I liked it. Like, I really enjoyed it. Um, I always want to say when there's goofy Ian Sinclair, it's against type, but lately Ian Sinclair's been playing more and more goofy characters, so I can't say that it's against type anymore. Um, and then for Garrett Storms, um, I really enjoyed this. In fact, he was almost my best boy, except for the fact that he's only in the anime twice. <laughs> um, uh, we need more. We need, we need, we need more. Season two, the Tosuke season. Right? Give like, us more played, Garrett Storms. He played him relatively straight, which normally, like, I would not go for this character at all. He's just like, he's there and he's like rich and talking about electricity but there was something about the tone and i don't think i've heard this tone from garrett storms before i had no idea this was him because garrett storms i always associate with the friggin sword boy (laughs) really really flamboyant exactly and i was like oh wow i was like this is a really like smooth like nice tone like i could you're almost at that howard wang level of you could read me the phone book and i'd be stupid happy so yeah he almost made he almost made best boy status but he just wasn't in it long enough to do it but i really i really liked tosuke a lot so gg would you say that tosuke came prematurely i mean a little but at least he turned it on but um, thing was it smooth? Was it, was, it sm- was it smooth like that butter? I mean, I was making electricity jokes, but we could talk about cooking now if you really want to. I mean, we're that's gonna talk the about next segment. That's the next segment. Uh, <laughs> that's next segment. Shit. Next segment: ghosts and cooking. <laughs> um, I'm gonna. I'm going to start with the easier one of the two. I'm going to start with Garrett Storms because I'm very sad that he didn't get to do more. That's the fault of the show. Why put this character in the opening if you're not going to make him prominent? What the fuck? He probably <laughs> just... has a really good route in the game. He probably That's then... what it is. It, I think that's what it is. It's probably it's more like it's it's absolutely what it is. The anime he's they, he screwed him over though. <laughs> like, yeah, it's true. But um 
kind of to piggyback off of what Gigi was saying, um, because I hear Garrett Storms probably more often than Gigi does. I, I knew this was him right away. <laughs> um, this is not Ensemble Stars, where I spent, like, forever trying to figure out where he was and wanted to, like, <laughs> yeet myself to the sun because I was like, that's not fucking real. Um, and then Stars Online exists. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but I find it interesting that you said that you didn't really recognize it because, to me, this is a less flamboyant um, Kashu. This is the same tone, but less flamboyant. You have me. to remember, I've only seen Token Ranbu once. This You're not true. Megan who watches it religiously. <laughs> I still need to get Token Ranbu shit. <laughs> it's it's a less flamboyant version of Kashu is the tone that I hear um, from Tosuke. And I really, really like it. It has this nice, nice, um, nice regal sense to it. It's not regal asshole from Dance with Devils. <laughs> I forgot he was in that. Yeah, <laughs> he is in that. I it's almost put that on here. Asshole Dance with Devils. I forgot his character's name right offhand though. Wait, I which forgot. one is he? he? No, he's not. Oh, he's he's, a, um, he's Magic Sushi. He's he's Magic sushi. sushi. The blonde guy. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I thought he was the dog, and I was like, no, he's not the dog. No, that's, that's Derek Snow. Snow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> he's not Pomeranian Choir. Um. But no. Uh, anyway, no, this isn't, this isn't asshole regal dense with devil's magic sushi man. It's not flamboyant cashew. It's kind of this middle ground. It sounds, it has that kind of gentlemanly regal air to him, but the tone itself is more in the similar range like he does with cashew. Um, so it's like marrying the two and it's, I love it. It's fantastic. But show, why did we not get more of him? I'm very disappointed. He might've been my favorite if that was the case. See? If he had more time. Like, for sure. Like, he probably would have been up there as one of my favorites if he had more fucking time. But what, who had more time was Charlie. So Ian Sinclair, the best way I can describe this performance is showman. Charlie is a showman and Ian he is able to play that up be hammy and campy when he needs to be like presenting to the audience um like it's always a constant show of sorts which I love very very much however he also has the ability to tone it back and like Gigi was saying be more sentimental and more more caring and more concerning because we were talking about, like we were talking about earlier, he's been with May for probably her, almost her entire life. So he's like a guardian angel of sorts for her. A guardian spirit is probably the more proper term here. So he has that sentimentality and it comes off very, very well. But, I, but yeah, I think the best thing, way to describe Ian is that Charlie is a showman and he's able to portray that like camp. He has those campy moments, but that's only because he's like, Ladies and gentlemen, come into this box and I will make you disappear. Like, that's there's a purpose behind it. So, I think it's a lot of fun when he does that. Um, both performances I like a lot. I just wish Garrett Storms had more time. Don't we all? Yeah. Uh, so, I'll also go really quick. I was like, the second when I watched this in the simul dub, I was like, that's Garrett! That's Garrett! Motherfucker, that's my boy! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Garrett. We love you. 
I am like the one, I'm the one woman Gareth Storm stan account in this podcast. I love him in everything he's in. Mostly. Mostly. Except for Dance with Devils. I think I hated him in that. I think we then all again, did. To be fair, okay, I think. To I think be fair, I was high as balls during that episode. <laughs> you were. And to be fair, I rewatched Dance with Devils for shits and giggles some point last year. And I'm like, this isn't as bad as I remembered it being. It's better with the songs in it. It's better with the songs in it. It yeah. really is. But no, I also agree. I really wish I was. I kept waiting for Tosuke to pop back up, and then at the end he dances the night away with May, and I'm just like, "What the fuck did you even do here?" Um, Who are you? Gar- here? No, it, it reminds me a bit of Kashi with a bit of his Rogue performance mixed in, because Rogue is a oh. lot deeper and gruffer. Got it. Okay. Um. So, but I genuinely enjoyed it. I hope that there's a season two so that you can come back in it, and uh, I hope you pop up in other things this season uh, when dubs are allowed to start happening again. Please oh, stay, Charlie. Please, please stay home and stay safe and social distance. Please, please. Yes, Wash please your stay. fucking hands. Wash your fucking hands. You heathens. Um, Ian Sinclair would, Charlie would tell you to wash your fucking hands as after he nearly killed you with a camel. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. One of my favorite Ian deliveries in the entire show is, man, you should have seen the show with the Asian elephant. With the Indian elephant. And... It, all of us also when he's like kick my ass again may that was great <laughs> kick my, you can kick my ass again but just uh, you- but talk dirty to me pervert thank you he thank really you. wanted he really wanted her to step on him yes <laughs> thank i just i just love his dorky thank you <laughs> i was very tempted for that reason to say that charlie was Eve, uh gg's favorite but i was like that's too obvious that's bait it's so obvious that's that's bait um but no, Ian's a ton of fun in this show. Like, he's goofy, he's lovable. It reminds me of a lot of, the, like, the really fun comedic Ian stuff that a lot of people seem to miss. Because all they see him as is, oh, great, Ian Sinclair's in this thing again. Funimation's overusing him. Shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> Y'all are wrong. Y'all are wrong. Ian Sinclair's great, and I love him doing comedies, and Charlie's really great. But man, he knows how to turn it on because, like, when Charlie dies at the end, I was like, "Baby boy, no!" It's like my 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 friend, no, my heart, my heart just broke. The whole, just the whole thing. He's just like, "I've always been there for you." I was like, "You're the secret route in the game. You're the you're the you're the fuck the dog route." <laughs> oh yeah, I bet he is. He he's is. The fu- he's the fuck the dog route. I'm gonna have to look this up now because. I gotta see who the routes are. So continue. There's like, talking. aren't there like 36 games you told me? Yeah, there's a shit ton of games. Oh my Please god. Please bring them to the West. I would buy them. Um, but no, I really liked Ian and and Garrett. I I would love to talk more about them, but I feel like the rest of the characters that we're talking about have a lot more presence to them because they keep mm-hmm. showing up more often. Yeah. Also, B, it feels like everybody was going ham. Like when it was time to go over the top, nobody fucking held back. Yeah, That's what's great. great. <laughs> That's what's uh, great so about it. Speaking of never holding back, Yakumo Koizumi and <laughs> Goro Fujita. Ah, oh yes. my god. So would anybody at this point like to say one of these two are their best boy? Nope. Do I have to claim it now? Oh, is he in here? Yeah. <laughs> is your best boy Koizumi? No. Is I it Goro? Right, Steph got it right. Yeah. It, I should have gone with the top! Damn it! Yes! <laughs> Fuck yeah! Shit! Because I'm like, Fujita is hot. 
Fujita could kick someone's ass, and Gigi wants someone to step on her. <laughs> like, oh, fuck, I should have gone for the fun police option. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Fujita's my number three. Hey. Fujita's not even on my list right now. When, Fuji- uh, <laughs> when I got to the Fujita episode, I was like, shit, you're hot. Um, <laughs> so, let's talk about, let's talk about them. Da, 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 da. Uh, so, uh, Koizumi Yakumo. Uh, is essentially, he wrote a lot of books about Japan, but he's actually not Japanese. He's got a Greek mom and an uh, Irish father. Uh, Basically, he wrote about a lot of stuff. Uh, In Japan, he married a Japanese woman who he had four uh, four children with and became a national Japanese citizen. Naturalized Japanese citizen. Uh, He wrote a lot about Japan, and that's why I guess he's, he's super famous. And he died in 1904. Um, but he also specifically wrote about like supernatural stuff, right? Natural stuff, yes, yes, yes. That's he, why he's important he wrote, here, kids. Yes, he wrote about a lot about Japanese legends and ghost stories. Uh, or uh, Fujito Goro, or as he's also known as Saito Hajime, uh, was a samurai in the late Edo period who most famously served as the captain of the third unit of the Shinsengumi. He was one of the few court members who survived numerous wars of the Bakamatsu period. He was later known as Fujito Goro and worked as a police officer in Tokyo during the Meiji Restoration. Uh, so that's why he's famous. Uh, so, playing uh, Yakumo Koizumi is Howard Wang, and playing Goro Fujita is Chad Holbrook. Howard Wang, you'll know as Rui in After Loss, uh, Guang Hong Ji in Yuri on Ice, and Kiko Sadamune in Zoku Tokodrabu Hanamaru. Chad Holbrook, you'll know as characters such as Toby in Fairy Tale. Uh, Brain Ungulus in the Overlord franchise, and Chikai Kuji in Saran Zamnai. For anybody asking who that is, yes, that is uh, Toy's older, Rico's older brother. Amen. Okay. He was Rico's, he was Rico's uh, older brother that gotcha. got shot in the end. Go ahead, Steph. I'm still looking up who the secret route in the game is. I don't <laughs> think it's Charlie. Oh. Is it, is it, is it, um, Tosuke then? Hold on, I'm looking. There, oh no. Because Ogai oh. would definitely be the end game. Like, you have to go through all the other routes before. Yeah, Ogai is the Tokyo route. Um, anyway, while well, Gigi's looking that up. Um, so, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Where do I start with these two? Um, I'm gonna start with Howard, I think. Because, dear sweet lord. Ah, <laughs> uh, Yakumo is a good boy, but he's a good, stupid boy. <laughs> He's a good, stupid boy. That's sexual harassment. <laughs> what sexual harassment? Well, harassment. sir. <laughs> I, I fucking love that image of just Yakumo holding his hands out Vanna White style. Is it just a sexual harassment? Do we have a screenshot of that somewhere? Just for like, can we just have a screenshot just for like moments? <laughs> like among us, just like sexual harassment. I, I will get that for us just so that we can just use it on the boys at random points. Fuck yeah, Woo-hoo! do it. Let's go. Uh, episode episode six. Heck yeah. Um, <coughs> um, Howard. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yakumo is a stupid boy and I love him. <laughs> and Howard just has exudes this like hyperactive energy. He has so much energy. <laughs> like Yakumo out of, I think, the entire roster of boys we have here has such this like 
peppy, energetic, hyper tone to him. Like, yeah, that's Yakumo's character in a nutshell. The other characters have their moments. Like, Okai does have his moments where he's, like, hyperactive and energetic, sure. But sweet lord, does Howard exude that because Yakumo is just an hyperactive. He's a fucking puppy dog. He's a hyperactive puppy dog, alright? That's the best way to describe this. Like, he has so much energy to him, and he's always rather curious, and he's very charming while doing it. Um, because he's just like, oh, this is amazing! All this stuff here in Japan! I like the- like, Mei, you need to show- you need to help me fight with these ghosts! Like, I'm so curious about this. But he also is can be very insightful and meaningful when he needs to be. Um, what was it? Episode 3? Yes. Yes. So episode 3 is where we have a major episode more dedicated to Yakumo. And um, he does have this emotional turmoil um, to him. And I really enjoyed it. It did get played up and sometimes could be a little hammy. Just a smidge. Um... But not too, too campy. Um, I, I, I could tell it was trying to match Yakumo's just overall general energy, which I can appreciate that. It's just like the there were the small occasions where it went a teensy bit too much um, that it started leading towards the campy area. Um, but overall, Howard was a fanta- did a fantastic job being this hyperactive puppy dog <laughs> of a character. Um... I will say Yakumo is among one of my favorite boys. He's not my absolute favorite boy, though. Um, Fujita is the interesting one. Because I said earlier there was one particular role that was a little odd to me, but I think it's more because I'm not as familiar with this actor, and it was with Fujita. Um, Because I'm not familiar with Chad Holbrook's range. I haven't seen Overlord in a hot minute, so I can't remember Brain Unglass that well. Um, and I think I had similar issues with Chikai Kuji in Sounds on Mai, actually. Um, but here with Fujita, I don't really have a lot of notes on Fujita, actually. Like, it. It took me a little bit to get used to. I think by the halfway point, I was more adjusted to it, which actually might line up a bit well with um, Gigi's earlier thoughts of how it was kind of slow to like adjust to it. So I think it was for in this case, it was an adjustment period for Chad. Um, but once he was well adjusted into it, he he's Fujita is the straight man in the whole show. He is the straight man. Him and I think Shinzo, who comes at a close second, but Shinzo becomes snarky, is snarky and sassy. Um, but Fujita is definitely a straight man. He can be very vengeful and angry at times. But he does have his moments where he does soften up, and I can appreciate that. Um, so, really, for me, personally, it took a bit for me to kind of get into Fujita. Um, but once I did, I could see it. I can see it fitting better. I can see the kind of vengeful character that Fujita is. Um, and knowing more about him and his character, it worked a lot more. And then the tone just seemed, to, by the end of it, naturally fit for me. Um, so it was a slow process. But by the end of it, I did enjoy it. Um, and I am very curious, because Chad Holbrook is still fairly new, from my understanding. So I am very interested to see what he does in the future. I will admit that. So... 
both of these performances are good. Before Gigi starts, Chad actually goes back a pretty long while, actually. Really? Yeah, his character in Fairy Tale is um, shows up like I think within the first fifty episodes. That long ago? Yes. Oh shit. Huh. This is what happens when I don't pay attention to Fairy Tale. Well, huh. I mean, to be fair, it's Fairy Tale. It's also Fairy Tale. <laughs> it's also Fairy Tale. But he hasn't done a ton though either. It's mostly like background. Roles. That's why. He hasn't like yeah. That's why. Like, I know him for one thing, so. Yeah, same. Says so on my. All right, so before I, before I'm you look, get I'm, your I'm ponchos, gonna look at this too. Um, get your ponchos. So get your ponchos. Here's how the game works. <laughs> um, so the routes are done in pairs. So Megan, you wanted your OT three of Ogai Shunso. You get oh. your OT three of Ogai Shunso. Yay! Um, Otojiro and Kyoka go together, and oh, Fujita and Yakumo go together. And you were right, Charlie is the secret route, but Tosuke is ported from the Vita. So if you update the game from the first time you played it, you get Tosuke as a secret route also. So okay, so technically Charlie and Tosuke. That's why Tosuke's fucking there. Yeah, so you actually, you have to beat all of the routes before you can play Charlie. But like, Tosuke is some DLC. Uh, Interesting. So, uh, so that's funny. We ba- we basically game. put the secret routes together as the first section. That's fun. <laughs> wow, wow. We are the I, winners. I did here. every I did everybody by route apparently. <laughs> yeah, you did actually. That's how this is gonna work tonight. Thanks, thanks, show for giving that. That explains why certain characters interact a lot in the show. That does explain yes. it. But so, they, at least credit to the show that they actually didn't make it feel that way. Yeah. No, not at all. Um. So let's talk about. Yakumo, who the credits say is Howard Wang, but I will die on this hill that it's actually J. Michael Tatum pitched up. <laughs> that's one. I will Howard die on Wang. that hill. Nope, that's that's just one Mr. Wang. Uh, mm-hmm. Look, look, Mr. Howard Wang, who I've said can read the phone book, and I'd still love it to pieces. Um, I did love this to pieces, not to say anything bad about it, but the whole fucking time I th- still thought it was Tatum. You I played, looked up the cast like, and I was I like, no, nah, that's still You Tatum. played yourself. Maybe they got it wrong on BTVA. <laughs> I just, I couldn't get it out of my head. Like, that was what it sounded like to me. Um, but I, you know what? I don't care. I still think it's him. Whatever. Um, I love the energy and the wackiness behind this performance. And like I said, he can still sound like Tatum. And I love Tatum, too. I wouldn't like read the phone book for Tatum, but Howard Rank can still read G- the phone G- book G- is for in this Tatum go. impression. Let's, we, let's get let's, let's kickstart this so. right now. <laughs> let's go, Gigi. We'll kickstart it. <laughs> Howard Wang, do you have what is it? A cameo? Do you have a cameo account? If I cameo you twenty bucks, will you read like the first ten entries in the phone book? Jesus Christ! The yellow pages, please. Does he have to do it in the Yakumo voice? He can do it in whatever voice he wants. Oh man, did I ever show you his character in Token Rambu who is literally doing Shibari under his clothes? I think so. Oh, We're, um, fuck. The, uh, yeah, the glasses wearing he, with the short hair, right? Yeah. For season yeah, yeah, okay. He came in the same episode as David Wall, right? Yeah, he's okay. like the yeah. opposite. And at one point he's like, a man never... I, okay, do you want to know how I figured out he was doing that under his clothes? Because I didn't catch it the first five times I watched that episode. How? 
So we were all at AB one year, and Shannon was with us. Oh, yeah. And he's like, a man must never reveal his clothes. And she's like, oh, he's doing that rope thing under his clothes. And then it dawned on me. I forgot about that, yeah. He's literally... He's literally doing kinky shit out in the daylight. <laughs> hey, man, that's just that's just how he works. Just how he works. Um, my joking aside about J. Michael Tatum impersonations, this was still really good. And I liked it a lot. But it still sounds like Tatum. Um, as for my new love, Goro Fujita. <laughs> yes. A.K.A. I- AKA Mr. Chad Hol- is it Holbrook or Halbrook? Because Hol- BTBA it, it, said Halbrook. It, I think it's Holbrook. It, Holbrook. I think it's Holbrook. Yeah, it's Holbrook it, in the. It's Holbrook on A N N and in the credits. No, it's okay. It's, it's Halbrook in A N N. Oh shit! I'm an idiot. I can't spell. <laughs> Whoops! Okay, it's Halbrook. Well, my bad. Well, Mr. Mr. Chad. Sir. Mr. Chad, hi. How are you, <laughs> sir? Um. Are we about to welcome him? I I think. Like, the only thing I wrote down was, oh, my God, Um, he was my unexpected best boy because like I I watched this in sub first because there's Japanese voice actors I really love that are in this show. And I didn't think this character any mind. But you put Chad voicing this character and I was like, "Ooh, that rough little tone. But then there's caring in it. And oh my god, that cat cafe episode when I almost fucking cried at the end of it when he was like doing the dishes with May and oh my god, my heart, I just kind of exploded and it was fantastic. Um, Mr. Chad. Um, or as I might like to call him, David Wald Light. <laughs> oh my god. That's ooh, all right. That's would some you li- hot praise. Would you like to be welcome to dub talk? <laughs> <laughs> Two ladies night in particular. Because goddamn boy, this is a good performance. Holy shit. I knew I liked him in Sarazanmai, but this like this was before Sarazanmai, and it took it to a whole different level for me. Like I think if I had heard this before I watched Sarazanmai, I would have liked his performance in Sarazanmai even more. Um, this was great for me. Like I got like the same kind of tingly thing I got when I heard David Wald for the first time, and I was yeah, like, that's ooh. called arousal. I was like, ooh, boy, you good. Um, so welcome aboard. Welcome, a, wel- welcome aboard. I, I, well, welcome, I cannot welcome, use welcome to Dub Talk. She's Gigi. Uh, run, <laughs> run far away. Listen. As I will usually say. <laughs> I got somebody else to tie me up now. Oh. So it's fine. Oh. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, it was really good. I really liked it a lot. It made me very happy. And not like, I don't know, like there's just something about it. Like, like you know when you hear those performances for the first time and you're like, who is this actor? Like, I really, mm-hmm. really enjoy them. And you look it up and you're like, oh my God, he was in this, this, and this. And oh my God, what the fuck? And it was like, yeah, this would have been like my breakout Chad performance. Yeah. So yeah, I was very, I it. I was very happy and very excited. And I hope he does more things other than Fairy Tale, which I will never watch. I, I also... Hope he does more things. And I am also happy because I got your fucking best boy right. You did. I'm proud of myself. I'm going to give myself a pat on the back. Wow. Like <laughs> he, I'm looking up who plays Goro in the Japanese. I was like, damn, that's Jun Fukuyama. Holy oh, shit. Oh, shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh. Uh, Cecil's well, in here from Udapri, fam. Oh, which one is he? Um, we haven't gotten to him yet. Oh. 
I was gonna say, uh, uh, Tosuke is, uh, Yoshimasa Hasoya, who is basically every dude in a sports anime ever. <laughs> <laughs> and Shunso is Ken, who is Tamaki in Idolish 7. Yep. Seven. Also yeah, Charlie, the what about, what about, um, what about Yakumo? I'm getting to that. Um, uh, Charlie is Toshiyuki Morikawa. Okay. Who is in a lot of things? Um, trying to get some. Oh boy! In Japan, in Japan, Charlie is Griffith from Berserk. Oh boy! <laughs> um, getting into things that we like, though. Uh, he's uh, Ryu Ichiro in Junji Romantica. I've never seen Junji Romantica. It's a BL. I know it it's is. It's a BL. Oh. I know what it is. He's... I just haven't seen it, so I don't even know the. I don't even know who you're talking about. I'm trying to grab things that like we would watch. He's Oski in Star Mew. He's Carla in Diabolic Lovers More Blood. Oh. Okay. He's also Kazuma in the Japanese version of uh, Fruits Basket, huh. the new one. Interesting. Anyway, and then because uh, now we're going over the Seiyu. Koizumi is Shinosuke Tachibana, who is in things like I'm trying to get to shit that we watch. Um, Pardon us while we're stalling. We have we're having our Seiyu hour right now. Let me this have how we this. Roll. This is how Tomoe we roll. and Kamisama Kiss. We gotta yeah, he's Tomoe. We, we yeah, he's Tomoe our... and Kamisama Kiss. He's, he's Yaku and he's Tomoe and Kamisama Kiss. Oh really? Yaku and mm-hmm. yeah, he's Yaku and Haikyuu, who's like my favorite character on Nakoma. Okay. Um, he is. I'm trying to. He's uh, Toki Haru in Dynamic Chord. Woof. Don't even y'all don't, don't know ever don't ever. It's a bad show. It's okay. a bad show. Good show. to know. And he's uh he's going to be an idolish seven second beat as Yukito. Who the f- wait? No Did they shorten his oh! name? What? He's Yuki. He's Yuki. Is he and, Yuki? Uh, yeah, he's Yuki in idolish seven. The other guy in Reveil. Oh, uh, that's supposedly my super best boy above Gaku and Trigger, but I haven't seen him yet, so I can't. Make How that the fuck is he above Gaku and Trigger for you? <laughs> Gaku that's and Trigger. That's like saying. That's like that's like saying somebody's better than ten to me. I have been told that Yuki will be better than Gaku and Trigger for me, so I don't know. Oh shit, ladies and gentlemen! Oh shit! What? Stephanie needs to watch Idol of Shevins. The question also. Oh shit! That starts that starts up again soon. I know. I gotta watch the First the vibrato. Two. And ladies and gentlemen, this has been your Megan Say You Trash Hour. Thank you. For oh, we're going back to it later. Uh, for so now, are we good to move on? Are we good to move on for the next set of characters? Have you even you given your thoughts? This? Oh shit! No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> we got like distracted just going by Seiyu Hour. Seiyu, Seiyu trash <laughs> hour. I was just <laughs> like, all right, guys, let's talk about. Ah shit. Uh, so I actually didn't think that Howard Lang reminded me of J. Michael Tatum when he was really excitable as uh Koizumi. He actually reminded me of Aaron Roberts. Really? Oh. Yeah. Interesting. He sounded a lot like a uh, Hasabe to me when he gets really excited. Huh. Um, which is saying a lot because everyone knows how much I like Aaron Roberts as Hasabe. So, uh, no, but Howard's so much fun in this. He's such a dumb fuck. Like, <laughs> Yakumo's he, so stupid. Yakumo is so stupid. Um, Yakumo, 
I can't call Yakumo a himbo because he's not beefy enough. <laughs> he he's could too be like skinny. a bimbo, like because he's a butler looking. Shit, he's a butt bow. A butt bow. <laughs> God. Anyway, every time someone says butlers, I always think of my favorite call out line in Rocky Horror, for the, the Tampa version, which is, "Why do you think they call them butlers? They're always coming from behind." Wah wah um, wah. No, I, I adored him to pieces. I thought he was hysterical. I thought he was comedically on top of things. When he's got to make Koizumi uh, be uh, dramatic, like when uh, Jane is kicking his ass, is trying to speak to him. It's played by Amberly Connors, which I find really funny. Um, I think that he's so much fun in this, and he's one of my favorite performances in the show. Um Chad as Goro grew on me too. I wasn't instantly in love with him until episode nine where it finally clicked. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, fuck, you're hot. Um, <laughs> that reaction when she told, when she texted us, oh, fuck, he's hot. It was kind of funny, uh, actually. Oh, shit, he's kind of hot. Um, no, and he's, he's, he plays him kind of gruff and aloof and, and stuff, which I think Chad has a really uh, exceptional way of doing characters like that. Uh, it's also a really big part of why I really liked him as Chikai in Saren's Omni. I had a lot of praise for him in that and this. And this is... That was, I think, a lot better because I think the character got to just do more. Mm -hmm. And it was a bit more of a dynamic character than, than Goro is. Yeah. Because Goro, Goro's kind of an asshole until, like, his episode. And then he's like, okay, guess I'm part of the harem now. Guess I'm here. Um, well, go. guess I'm... I love when... I love when... Mori just sits and drinks with him and you've just got this that whole delivery of uh, she would reject me anyway and you can hear it in his voice that yeah she rejected me yeah <laughs> because she's may is mori sexual um, <laughs> she's a mori sexual um but yeah no i really liked it those are my thoughts are we ready to move on yeah yes so next up we have kyoka izumi and otojiro kawakami uh, I'll start with Otojiro Kawakami first. Otojiro Kawakami was a Japanese actor and comedian. Um, he did a lot of odd jobs. He was a rock, uh, received training under a Rakugo master. Uh, did a little, had a bit of a political career. Did stuff overseas, but yeah, he did a lot of he did a lot of plays and stuff. I'm just trying to do uh, uh, trying to do a lot of things, but uh. Also, in this show, he's also uh, apparently a geisha uh, on his on his off time. Ah, uh, yes. And, and trains May to be the the ideal woman in my favorite sets of episodes. <laughs> and uh, Kyoka Izumi is a name that at least Steph should be familiar with. I should. Yes, uh, Kyoka Izumi, whose real name was uh, Kyotara Izumi, was a Japanese author of novels, short stories, kabuki plays during the pre-war period. Okay. He wrote a lot of stories, and uh, he is also uh, not. He's also been. He's also. Uh, there's a, actually a prize name for him called the Izumi Kyoka Prize for Literature. Okay. But he also wrote a story mm -hmm. called uh, Demon Pond, mm -hmm. which I don't know, Seth. Have you ever heard of a little show called uh, Bungo Stray Dogs? I remember this because I had to proofread that article for you. <laughs> Thank you, Gigi. It's Kyoka I'm trying Izumi. to get it to click. 
Gigi, Emmett Steph. Oh! Demon Snow, cell phone, Fuck. little girl. It's Jeremy's character. Okay. Yes! Got also, it. he's. I'm also pretty sure that he's going to be in Boongo to Alchemist at one point, too, because that has authors. Um, so, before our real actors, would anybody like to reveal if they have Best Boy in this category? I'm the only one left. Why are you saying would anyone? <laughs> Stephanie, Suspense. would you like to admit something? Kyoka is my number two. Oh! Damn it! Both of Fuck! you are wrong. Damn! Shit! My best boy it's is Shun not in this section. It's Shunso, isn't it? God damn it. My best boy is not in this section. Okay. Damn it! I thought you would have had Izumi as your best boy. He's my he's a solid number two, though. He's adorable. <laughs> my solid number two, my solid number two is in here too, and it's uh it's Otajiro, actually. Yeah. Um, mine was definitely Kyoka as number two. Yeah! <laughs> I knew I know why Kyoka's in your number two as well, and I almost said Kyoka, but I was like, that's too obvious. That's also too obvious. <laughs> Kyoki Izumi is played by Aaron Dismeek, and Otajiro Kawakami is played by Aaron Roberts. Aaron Dismeek, you'll know his characters such as Koi, uh, uh, Kakazaku in Cat Planet Cuties, Jiki in Carnival, and Eon Fortunata in Trinity Blood. Aaron Roberts, you'll know his characters such as Blackest Welt in Sarah for the End, Hishikiri Hasabe in Tokunrabu Hanamaru, and Shinman Benimaru, Best Boy in Fire Force. Megan's Best Boy. That's all over now. It's all um, over now. <laughs> um, he's... He can beat the shit out of me, and he's anti-government. <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, I'm assuming I'm going first then. Um, yeah, pick up. Go. You earned this. I earned. I earned this. How did I earn this? Or this is my best boy. Not even in here. <laughs> True. Look, it's the Battle of the Errands, all right? This is what's happening right now. It's funny that now we know how the routes work, and these two are paired together. <laughs> It's legitimately the Battle of the Aarons. <laughs> um, anyway. So, Aaron Dismuke and Aaron Roberts, huh? I'm gonna start with Aaron Roberts. Because best boy number two deserves to go last. Um, <laughs> this is how my life works, boys and girls. Uh, Otajiro is a solid, I think, probably three, though, by the way. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, Aaron Roberts is... <laughs> God damn it. Aaron Roberts is a showman. It's similar to Ian's Charlie. However, Ojo Jiro is also a ladies man. Like he exudes such a charisma and a confidence about him. And Aaron Roberts captures that so fucking well. It's so wonderful. Like, he doesn't he not only captures like a, a confidence as a man but a confidence of a woman as well which is like holy shit <laughs> it's like holy shit Aaron you go it's like Aaron you go girl <laughs> like oh man um and he he doesn't take shit from anyone like when we're introduced to um Otojiro as the female geisha he's Otoyako. Otoyako, thank you. He's introduced as Otoyako to us in episode five. <laughs> Otoyako gets straight up, like, sexually assaulted by a man on the street. <laughs> Just, like, grab it. And then she takes him to the trash. Yes. It's like, grabs her and says, like, sir, 
no, no, no. <laughs> it's like, ooh, I like you. <laughs> I like you. But um, speaking of Otoyako, because Otoyako is an interesting character because Otoyako is supposed to be clearly Otojiro dressed as a woman. So what they did with Aaron's voice in that, I actually really appreciate. It had a small touch of a feminine tone, like a big sister or mother kind of figure, but it didn't lose the obvious fact that this is Otojiro dressed as a woman, because that's the whole point. <laughs> like, it didn't need to be so high-pitched or too feminine or anything like that. It just needed it just enough to be convincing, especially to make it convincing for Mei, because Mei has no fucking clue. But all the other guys do because they already know that Otojiro does this shit all the time. But Mei doesn't. So it needs to be it needs to be authentic enough for Mei to believe it. And it worked. I think it was I think it worked and it was convincing enough to make me believe that Mei has no clue. Um also, to be fair, he does have to go slight falsetto during that bit too. Like during his pieces as um Otojiro. Uh Oto yeah, Otoyako, fuck. Words, too many O's. He does have to do... Where's my note on that, actually? He does have to go for a slight falsetto voice, actually, because he does have a small moment where he does kind of, like, sing or do, like, a spoken word kind of deal uh, in the Geisha house, and I think it actually worked really well. It wasn't too jarring. It wasn't too um, over the... It wasn't too jarring. It wasn't too over the top, and it didn't want to make me cringe. <laughs> At how at how possibly bad it could sound. It actually worked really well, and I thought it was a fun little touch and just a little a little bit more dynamic to um, the the tone of the performance. But also, I think in Aaron Roberts as as a actor himself. Um, so Otojiro loved it. Fantastic. Ah, uh, Aaron Dismuke. <laughs> uh, my favorite science. One of my favorite science boys. One of my favorite people and human beings. Uh, uh, Aaron Dismuke. Kyoka is a spaz. <laughs> Kyoka can be a spaz. Kyoka is also a savage motherfucker. <laughs> like, he's a, germopho he's a germophobic savage spaz, basically. I don't know. I'm coming up with words to describe him right now. But... It's so much fun. Um, he definitely has he definitely has this youthful energy and a youthful tone to him. Um, probably because I don't know if the assumption is there that Kyoka is supposed to be the youngest of your possible suitors. Um, he is the shortest though, so they might they might have decided to give him more of a youthful tone because the assumption might be there that he might be the youngest of the group, which makes sense. Um, but Aaron Dismuke has so much fun. It's both youthful and... What the fuck did I write? Youthful and naive, but he can be very snarky and sassy. Um, because he's just like, are you an idiot? Like, what What are you doing? Like, yeah. Like, and the moments where he freaks out about germs and things like that are sometimes the are probably some of the best moments. Because he just freak. He literally loses his shit. And then he's, oh my god, and then he's chased by a dog a couple times, loses his shit, and is screaming like a banshee. And it's the perfect thing. 
Oh, man. Um, Kyoka is definitely fun and adorable and just such a snarky little asshole sometimes. But he also has those moments where he's, like, similar to basically all the other freaking characters in this. They have these moments here um, where he can be more give more subtlety give more of a quieter tone more of a more of a passion because he does have a passion for writing and um the episode that's more specifically focused on kiyoka has him trying to get back his essentially his inspiration for one of his plays that's essentially what that was um so he's very passionate about what he does and he's trying to show show his feelings and show his passion and be like hey come like come back Come back home so we can work together and I can finish telling your story. Like, he has this passion and enthusiasm that I really, really liked in the, that role as well. Um, but he is a snarky, sassy little shit. I love when Aaron Disney becomes snarky, savage little shits. They're probably among my favorite things in the world. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, solid job. Solid job for Aaron and Aaron on these two. It's Aaron squared. Aaron squared. Aaron squared. Too many errands. Never too many errands. Uh, let's start with Aaron Dismuke. Uh, I can always tell an Aaron Dismuke role because there's this little thing in his voice that's like a little thing. Like a kind of sounds like he's sort of like gargling a glass marble. I don't know. I love that little thing. And I can always tell that it's fucking him. Um, and I love this. This was adorable. I loved Kyoka's little bunny. I think the bunny was should actually have been best boy. But, you know, it's a bunny and it doesn't talk. And the bunny was getting drunk and the bunny was like being a waiter. Oh, God, I love that goddamn bunny. I got a thing. Do you want the goddamn bunny? I do, Chris. Chris. <laughs> I, want, I want the bunny, too. Andrew. Buy me the bunny. Andrew, can I have the bunny, too? Please. We want this bunny. Can we have this they bunny? Don't, they don't exist, but find him. Okay. You can always commission someone to make one. Yeah, Please. I want the bunny. Um, I want the bunny. Please. <laughs> bunny, bunny, bunny. I really thought Kyoka was adorable here. I love how he's very like current right now because he's always like, wash your hands. I wash my hands. And I was like, yeah, Kyoka, you tell him. <laughs> Why hasn't anyone made a meme about that? Where's my Kyoka uh, memes, girls? Yes. Make my memes. <laughs> disinfect, your, disinfect your food. Set it on fire. Exactly. Like, yes. I loved it. I just like him playing an OCD character. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I really like this one. Um, but one of the things I've said before when we've done Otome episodes was, you know, I need to believe that the guy's going to want to fuck me. But in this one, because it's like a little toned down, I got to believe that the guy's going to fall in love with me. And there was a moment in episode with the the water, y'all know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. where I believed it. And I was like, oh, there it is. Yep. Like, I, I like almost took my breath away. There were a couple of moments. And actually, I'm going to talk about one when we talk about Aaron Roberts, where I was like, oh, there it is and i was like it's not the character doing it like it's just like this little thing in the voice that you can hear and it's just that moment when you're like there's where the love is for the otome pro tag and i was like okay i was like i believe it so i really believed it i really loved this performance a lot um as for otojiro uh again the first time i heard this i thought it was j michael tatum again again i was like how many roles is this bitch gonna have and then it turned out he was no one. So I was just like, okay, but whatever. I let it play past the first three episodes because I just the first three episodes I can't. So it got to the Otojiro episodes. And I think I just need to to get this in my brain. 
that Aaron Roberts plays a lot of my favorite off-kilter boys. So this is a show we haven't talked about yet. It's called A3. But he plays somebody in A3 that is extremely off-fucking-kilter that blew my mind. And oh, I need to start A3, but then it got delayed because of Yeah, we shit. won't be doing I our A3 episode it. until like 2021, fam, by the way this is going. Um, but he plays... Unstoppable Stars coming 2021, too. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Not because it's not done, but because we keep getting distracted. <laughs> Yep. I'd rather get distracted by a 12 episode show than Ensemble Stars, which is 26 or 24. Anyway, it's so worth it, though. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to pick my battles and save it for when we do that. episode. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, but yeah, I, I this role for him, like I felt was just really good. It had so many different levels and different things that he needed to do in order to portray different characters. Like he had to portray Otoyako. He had to portray the character in the play that he was doing. And then he had to be Otojiro. And there was a moment too in this. And I think it what he didn't even say anything. I think it was maybe like a breath where he was like going to kiss May. And then he did. Yes. And that was the moment that I felt it. And I was like, how did I feel it in like a breath? Yeah. Like, like I was, felt that too. I'm like, Oh no. I was like, oh, this is going to happen. And then it did. Oh, shit. They got, he's going to steal Maury's. He goes steal her from Maury. He goes, steal your girl. Hide your Mrs. kids. Steal hide your, your wife girl. from Otojiro. Um, but yeah, I think he also had the right amount of camp and the right amount of sincerity in this performance. Because this, I felt, was campier than Charlie. It is. Yeah. It, it, is yeah, a point. it can be campier. I really did, because I was like, oh, I'm so used to Ian Sinclair now being like the goofy camp that I'm like, okay, so this is another character who didn't actually have to be that campy, but he ended up really campy and I really enjoyed it. So I think I'm going to have to pay a lot more attention to the roles that Aaron Roberts has yeah. because just it's like, okay, so he's the actor. He's super famous and going to be super cocky or whatever. And in my head, Mamoru Miyano was voicing him, and I know it's not him, but in my head, Mamoru Miyano was voicing him. In reality, do you know who is voicing him? <laughs> it's, it's Cecil It's from Cecil from Udapri. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> no! Uh, it's, uh, it's Kosuke, it's Kosuke uh, Tomori. Tomori, uh, Tomori. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but... To be fair, there's a little anime called Roommate where Cecil don't sound like Cecil at all. And I was like, holy shit, why is this happening to me? Anyways, <laughs> so uh, yeah, the and Aaron Squared, I really enjoyed them both. I thought they, they it's good that they go together because they both kind of had a lot of like, Aaron Dismuke had a lot of rah, 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 OCD out there kind of campiness. And Aaron Roberts had a lot of acting i'm gonna beat may with a stick kind of campiness <laughs> beat you with a stick god it's a it was a ruler was it a ruler Wah! it was a ruler yeah she was whacking people with a ruler it was a yardstick but they also She's played whacking. it with the right amount of sincerity and i also really want that bunny i want that bunny I'm going to go I wash my hands and think about that bunny. Wash your fucking hands. <laughs> Does he wash the bunny's hands? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Fua, fua. Yes. Fua, fua. All right, I'm done. Uh. <laughs> Suki, suki. Fua, fua. Ah. I find it really funny, too, that, that, that the guy who's Cecil is also, like, the one sword in Token Rambu that everybody, like, fucking loves. Munechka. But, uh, anyway. Yeah. 
Um, if you're wondering who plays Izumi in the Japanese, it's Nobuhiko Okamoto. Who is... Who <sighs> Gigi hates, I guess. No, it's me. Sorry, I was reading all. a text. I don't know who that is. Remind me, because I feel like I know who this is. Oh, you know who it is. He's basically... He's he's basically Japanese Austin Tyndall. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Wonderful. No... He is, he's uh, Karma in Assassination Classroom. Yep. He's uh, Nishinoya in Haikyuu. Uh, Yoichi in Seraph of the End. Um, uh, Ryo in Food Wars. Uh, uh, he's uh, he's Japanese Bakugo. I was about to say, there it is. <laughs> it, I was like, he's Bakugo. It's fucking Bakugo. It's fucking Bakugo. Um, let's talk about the two errands. Boy, howdy, I love spazzy Aaron Dismute characters. Um, <laughs> um, Kyoka is a trip and usually got me to laugh more often than not. Just the whole, ah, stop touching me! <laughs> like, every time he screamed at, and also be how he plays off Otajiro, Aaron Roberts as Otajiro. Like, they are, they are a comedic duo to be reckoned with. Yep. Um. And they are absolutely hysterical together on screen. When... But Aaron also does nail those dramatic points. Aaron Dismuke has been in this game a lot. Has been in this game a long time. He's good at doing drama. Yep. Uh, that man has ripped out some hearts oh, yeah. here. Um, Doctor Stone, paging Doctor Stone. Um, Look, this was also before he got a second win with Doctor Stone here. So. Um, yeah, this was actually before he was, uh, Senku. Yep. I think he's a lot of fun in this. I, I really was actually kind of surprised that he was this character. I actually thought he would have been Chunso. Really? Um, he also would have been Chunso mm. if this was under another director, I feel like. I can hear him as Chunso. Yeah. Because, remember, Aaron does a lot of, I, I'm, Aaron can do a lot of dramatics and I don't talk about Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Bad. A bad person. <sighs> you right. <laughs> I need, I need to watch season two. I know what happens, and I am prepared to get my butt <laughs> I need. I'm don't say a word. I don't know what happens. Don't you tell me what happens. Okay, we won't. But I'm gonna be. I'm things, gonna go cry things, in my corner now. Things happen. Um. But no, Aaron does a really good job, and he's really funny. And I like a lot of the times where he's trying to be really snarky under his breath towards Otajiro, and he just gets smacked, and you just hear him go ah. Um. One of my other favorite lines in the entire show is, I'm not a geisha! I'm a man in a dress! God bless him. God bless. <laughs> and he just rips his shirt off and tries to run away. And then when he gets drunk, Ugh. when Kyoka gets shit-faced, uh, yes. and he's just like, Master, please don't give give away my stuff, which I think that was, uh, his master was played by Kyle Phillips. And they're also really famous, yep. and they're also a Boon Ghost Stray Dogs character, actually. That's also a woman in that show for some reason. Wait, wait, hold on. Ma they're, Kyoka's, they're, uh, Kyoka's master? Or? Yeah, in Boon Ghost Stray Dogs, they are a member of the Port Mafia. No, 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 no. You said voiced by Kyle Phillips. Yeah. You're talking about the dude with the script and shit, right? Yeah. Wrong, Matt Shipman. Oh, that was Matt. Kyle, Matt Kyle Phillips character. is, um... Uh, oh, Kyle purple Phillips hair. is purple the guy hair that, dude. Yeah, that's who that is. Duh, it's, it's my bad. Matt, Matt's Kyoka's friend. <laughs> Matt, sorry, Matt. Sorry, Matt. Um, Look here, don't diss Matt. Uh, it's I just that's that's really funny knowing Doctor Stone. Yes, um, that's really funny when you think about it. After, 
a season later in Dr. Uh, Stone. Yes. Um, no, but, um, fun fact, that character's also in Boon Guy Stray Dogs is also a woman. They're Colleen O'Shaughnessy's character. Mm. Who is incredibly attractive. Um, oh, let's talk about Aaron Roberts, who I think might be my, like, is tied for my favorite performance in the show. I fucking love Aaron Roberts as Oto, Otojiro and Otoyako. Like, I I am super familiar with Aaron Roberts stuff because I end up on the shows that he's on all the fucking time. Like, I did Fire Force. I did Dance with Devils because he's one of the guys in Dance with Devils. He's not the rapping one and he's not the sadist. The perp. He's the- No. Is he the- No, he's not the- No, he's the other one. He's- Hold on, who, who, are you, he, who are you asking about? Aaron Roberts is one of the guys in Dance with Devils. He is, um... Dude with the rose. Dude no. with the rose. That, yes. Shut the fuck up. Yes. He's yes. the, um... Fucking butterfly dude. Well, again, alright, so I stand by my statements that I just previously made. I remember that there is, um... If you watch the commentary that he does with uh, on that episode with Kyle and somebody else, that's where they talk about the the dagger story with Rico. The dagger story. It's go watch if you have a copy of Dance with Devils. Go watch the episode eight commentary. I, I think I it is. don't have it. <gasps> Blasphemy. Uh, look here. You should. I should buy you a copy. Um, <laughs> like, I'm buying you a copy of Fire Emblem, and I'm probably going to buy Gigi a copy, too. Um, <laughs> no, but I love Aaron. And one of the things I really do like about this is that there is a differentiation in his voice between Otojiro and Otoyako. And you can hear it. And you can tell. And it's like Steph said, but it's not done in a way that's excessive. So that you can, uh, you think that it's, like, two different people. Like, I've heard Aaron Roberts potentially pitch their voice up to their super highest register. I think it's a Nichijou somewhere. Uh, except for I could never see the credits for that show, so I can't tell you if that's true or not. Um, I absolutely loved it. I think that he's funny, sincere. I think that the Otoyako stuff in the show is, is some of my favorite stuff. That's why he's my second favorite character. Um, I like that the show, by the way... Uh, May never thinks it's weird that Otojiro dresses up as a woman. No. They're just like, May's just like, fuck yeah, okay, cool, I'll learn how to be a lady from you, fuck yeah. yeah great. Does she and know when, that it's him? No. She, do, she doesn't know until later, and even then she's, like, super cool about it. Okay, I must have missed that part. Yeah, like, there's a, there's a part later in the show where, um, where she just sees him, and I, it's in the end where he says, um, something about a woman's tears. To which, God, I, I want to support the writing that is, uh, the, what was it? Um, women and ghosts can change their shape yes. or something. Yes. Which is such a good fucking that line. That was good. I loved it. And Aaron delivers it so well. And I actually did. Aaron is the only other character I 100% believe was going to get with May. I, Otojiro was the only other one that I thought I had an actual shot. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, if only. Season two. <laughs> Season two. Season two. I would play that route. I would probably actually go for Otajiro as my like second route. So I would go I would um, go Kyoka first for my second route. Because it's me. Um but yeah, no, I genuinely enjoyed a lot of these. And Aaron Roberts is by far like the bigger standout in this section to me. Like I he brought it and I absolutely fucking adored it. Um 
That being said. <laughs> Time for Megan to put on her poncho. And potentially Stephanie as well. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. Well, yes, but not for yours. Yeah, I know. So next section is going to be Shunso Hishida and Ogai Mori. Shunso Hishida is a art student that was uh, that got taken in by Mori, who asks May to find her a cat. Uh, him, his cat. He also apparently um, was going blind in real life. Uh, he, that is the pseudonym for the uh, name of Hideyoshi Miyoji. He was known for his numerous paintings of cats. Um, he got a, a Japanese uh, lot of awards. He unfortunately died in uh, 1911. Uh, and his uh, the picture of the black cat is actually the one from real life. That's what I. That's what I had a feeling it was. It seemed real. Yeah, it is a it is a real picture. Um, a lot of his arts are are held as important pieces of culture, but specifically Kur, uh, Kuroki Neko is the one that he's like really well known for. Um, and then oh boy, Mogai Mori Ogai, Mori Ogai is a famous Japanese army surgeon, novelist, and poet, and he's actually the father of another author named Mori Mori. Um, his major uh. Uh, his major work was considered the wild geese. Uh, a lot of what happens in the show was a bit about his life. Uh, but fun fact about his daughter, who uh, is a very a person that we should actually um, be very, very happy about. Mari Mori was known as uh, Japanese Electra. Uh, and she wrote a lot of stuff about... Uh, she was greatly influenced by her father, A Lover's Forest, uh is a thing that she wrote, The Lover's Forest, is about an older man who falls in love with a younger man. So, essentially, uh, they kind of call her the, f- the mother of modern yaoi. God bless. Ah, uh, bless. Love it. Um, B-L. That's what Wikipedia B-L. says. B-L. B-L. Um, but also, uh, fun fact uh, about this Mori. Uh, this is the Mori in Japanese anime that I prefer. Because he's not a lollycon. Ah, <laughs> uh, Bungo Stray Dogs, I love you. I absolutely love the other one. I, I like the other one too, and it's really funny is that he's played by one of Gigi's favorite people in the world. He's played by, Ahsoka. um... He's, yeah, he's played by uh, Keith oh, Silverstein. God bless. <laughs> and we already talked about how in Japan, Ken plays Shutsu, but Mori is played by Daisuke Namikawa. Ah, Okay. Who, for those of you who don't know who Daisuke Narumikawa is, he, um, to go... Isn't he Leon Luis and Garo? I believe wrong. he is. Uh, he's also a Japanese uh, wafer pelvet. Ah, yes. Who I watched an entire show about with him last year that almost that made me cry my fucking eyes out. Uh, when did Garo come out again? Uh, 20... Yes, you are. I am right. Yeah, you are right. He, okay. Yeah, he has the Leon Luis. And then for... Uh, t- just to, and just to, to hurt all of us, he is North Italy and Italia. Ah. <laughs> and he's Oikawa in Haikyuu. Uh, but we're not talking about Seis. We're here to talk about some English voice actors. So playing Shunso Hishida is Damon Mills. And playing Okai Mori is Christopher Waycamp. Uh, Christopher Waycamp, you'll know his characters such as Takase Hinawa in Fire Force. Uh, Roku Sosuke Konji in Classroom of the Elite. And Ma- the Master in Kakariyo. Damon Mills, you know his characters such as Chikakudo in Kona Ototobune, Honobami in Tokunrabu Hanamaru, 
and Shin Wolford and Wiseman's grandchild. I have already revealed that my best boy is Ogaimori. So, uh, Stephanie. Yeah. Now you. Now you. The fact that y'all didn't pick Shinso is shameful. <laughs> I should have gone with it. That was the obvious answer, though. It was the obvious answer. I God, lo- why are you I love so vanilla. I love my vanilla boys. Come on now. We know this. Also short like Andrew. We know I love my vanilla Gigi. boys. Damn it. Gigi. Yeah. We failed hard. Yeah, you failed so hard. I think it's just because I don't like Shunso that I was oh. just kind of like, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> no. Again, hey, it goes right with type. That's that's all. <laughs> you know, if I'm into my so vanilla, why was it no, really? You know, that's why was accurate. it really obvious? That's accurate. Why was it really obvious that I liked Mori then? Chris Waycamp. <laughs> that's not. That doesn't count. But yes, it does. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I based mine entirely on voice actor. <laughs> Steph, why did you go with Ogai Mori then? I didn't go with Ogai Mori. Oh, who'd you go with again? Who the fuck did I? Oh, I picked Shinso. I thought you were Shinso. Why did you go with? No, why did you guys pick Ogai Mori because he's tall and takes care of her? <laughs> Look, I remember the first time I like to be it, treated. Either you texting me or sending tweets about how much you love Shinso. I just thought it was still a thing, all right? I love them both, but Mori is... Listen, I have a crush on Mori because he would treat me like a goddamn princess. <laughs> it's not wrong. Not wrong. Not wrong. My god, he also be. How can you not like a guy that keeps buying you food? <laughs> uh... I'm not wrong. fat for a reason. Not... <laughs> Shit. All right. All right, Stephanie, dig your hole, hole digger. Hole digger? Yeah, remember? Yeah. Dig a hole, dig a hole. Oh. Sorry, that almost—I that I almost heard gold digger for a second instead of hole digger. I'm like, wait, what? Oh, Andrew doesn't have any money. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> we all know that Steph. St- we all know that Andrew's in it for the milf money. That's true. Admittedly, though, I am horrible with money because impulse buys, though. Andrew's Andrew's just in it for the milf shakes. <laughs> the milf and cookies. Stealth's milf shake brings all the boys to the Andrews to the yard and they're like, <laughs> oh, shit. So I have to start, huh? I uh, can start if you don't want to. Your best boy. Gigi's already warmed up. I was like, your best boy's not in here. Why don't you go ahead? All right, so let's talk about some boys. So I said I don't like Shunso. It does not mean I don't like Damon's performance as Shunso. I just don't like the character of Shunso because, as previously stated, his arc is in the first four episodes, which I found incredibly boring. Sorry. But Damon does a good job at his voice. Um, I think he he nailed it, like, by the end. By the end, by the time that Shunso goes blind, I like Shunso. And I was like, okay. And then magically gets better. Yeah, I was like, okay. Well, I kind of like, I liked him better blind. Let's be real. Um, I just, like, I just, he didn't, I as a character, it did nothing for me. Um, as a performance, you have to keep in mind that that's also the character. But then I was like, but Ken plays him in the Japanese. And Ken is like, Ken. Like, he's Ken. I don't know how to express my love for Ken. But it's there. Um, I did... 
like like I said before, I felt the moment when I was supposed to fall in love with him. And I did. Not as much as I fell in love with everybody else, but I felt the moment there. I just, I thought it was a slow start for me. I don't know if that's a detriment to the character or mm-hmm. just his storyline, but the storyline kept coming up over the whole anime. And I was like, Jesus Christ, if they don't find this cat soon, I'm going to find it myself and strangle it. <laughs> I was just like, I can't, I just like, I can't. Don't strangle the poor kitty. God. I'm not. It's I'm, a fucking ghost. You can't do it. It's already dead. I know it's dead. Don't, he'll never know if I strangle oh, it. It'll be fine. Rude. He won't be able <sighs> to finish the painting then. Well, he did. Spoiler. Even if he was blind. So, yeah, I mean, like, it was a good performance for what it allowed. So, like, I feel that if Shunso, like, this is, like, the softer side of Damon Mills. Like, if you've seen, it reminded me of the tone he had in Hitori Jume My Hero, except Hitori Jume My Hero was a complete fucking asshole. So it was that tone without the asshole, which is just kind of, like, normal. It's hard for me to explain it, but the Damon Mills that I enjoy the most are like the ones where it doesn't sound like the voice is coming out of his mouth. And this, I could sort of like hear him if that makes any sense, but he still did a really good job with what he had. And I did believe him by the end, which is all that matters. Now, Ogai Mori was who I thought was the most stereotypical cookie cutter person they could have picked to be the lead and an Otome game to be the true route here. Um, because we all know, as previous episodes have proven, that Chris Wakeham's voice is liquid fucking sex. And I've been <laughs> called out for it in person by Chris Wakeham. <laughs> Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. We, we, we love you and miss you, buddy. <laughs> so, so I'll say it again. Stereotypical, yes, but who cares? Because it was perfect. Um he really can do no wrong when he plays these type of characters and I will gladly put him in this box to play these kind of characters because it's just so good like the master in Kakurio which is like the only reason that I watched the anime other than doing the episode for you know as many episodes that I did um (laughs) and really that last episode oh god I'm gonna start again he like made me cry so hard when he was like saying goodbye to May, and I was like, no, I was like, no, I can't do this right now. And then when she leaped up into his arms and they made out, I was like, no, I was like, I can't do this right now. Oh God, I miss my boyfriend so much. I am sobbing. I'm sitting there sobbing watching this last episode. And I texted them and I was like, I'm fucking broken. Like it, <sighs> normally these things don't have any meaning towards me because I watch a lot of this kind of anime and after you've seen so many it's just kind of like whatever but it's kind of rare that the girl chooses someone that the anime actually chooses someone for the girl to end up with Mm -hmm. and so when it does it has like if it's a good dub and a good transition I guess like it really leaves an emotional impact on me and I think that's what that last episode did um dialogue wise and this is probably a japanese thing but i didn't i don't remember i hated that he called her little squirrel all the time oh i hated it so much i was like that is not a pet name that i want (laughs) i was like please don't call me prefer little bitch i do um but that's me that's not may may's not a little bitch like i I don't know (laughs) i kind of wish kyoka would have called her bunny i was like that would have been really cute that would have been cute like kyoka doesn't do that (laughs) 
I know. Kyoko doesn't do that. Um, but yeah, Chris Wakecamp as Ogai was like chef's kiss A+. Plus. Like I was digging that for sure. What up, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> what up, bud? What up, Chris? I just love that. Hi, Chris. <laughs> Look, I have to like get over the hump of like this because if I don't say like what's really going through my mind when I'm watching this, when I'm recording these episodes, I feel like I'm not being like true to myself. So true, that's true. I mean, that's true. Yeah, you gotta be true to your yeah. fucking you self. Can't put Gigi here. in a bottle. We can't. I'm a Gigi in look, a look, bottle. Look, 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 look here. All of us personalities here at Dub Talk, we can't be contained. We do, we do our, Nobody we puts do our, Gigi no, no, in a no, corner. we do our damnedest to behave ourselves when we need to, but otherwise, and that, but it's very, very few times that we actually have to behave ourselves. Dub Talk's like a mullet. It's business in the front, party in the back. And you know what? It's, it's good for these boys, you know, good for these boys for doing these roles yeah. for anime like this. As opposed to, like, the millions of other etchy shows where the girls have to do the work. Now the boys have to do the work, so you better work it, boys. Hell you better work. Yeah. Also, by the way, when Gigi's like, you can't contain me, all I'm thinking is nobody puts Gigi in a corner. That's right. No wire hangers ever. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. What? Nobody's going to beat oh, you Oh, wait. That's it. a different movie. Shit. <laughs> that is a <laughs> She comes out and beats you with a copy of a sister, like a sister all you Oh no! Die school DXD. Oh my god. I give up. Gigi, are you done with your thoughts? Yeah, I'm done. Gigi's done being. Gigi's done. She's dropped the mic. She's dropped the mic. She out. Oh boy. Gigi is readying both Megan and Stephanie's ponchos for us to embarrass ourselves. Yep. (laughs) Finally. It's not me. See, in in this, we have this thing called the splash zone. We ha- you're required to wear your ponchos when you get admitted to the splash zone. We're not going to my splash zone quite yet. Um, so, Ogai Mori. <laughs> so, Ogai Mori and Chris Wakeham. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> this is the master from Kakarillo. <laughs> this is the master from Kakarillo. This is the master from Kakarillo. It is the exact same tone of voice. Shut up. It's not like it's a bad tone of voice. I'm not saying it's not. <laughs> I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it's it's bad. I'm not saying that at all. It's the same tone of voice. And I fucking love it. <laughs> Let's admit. Let, like, I mean, I'm not going to front. Like it's, a, it, like, it's a very good tone of voice for him to use. Like, because Ogai has this suave, gentlemanly quality. That's what I think is different compared to the master. The master is very suave and kind of regal to an extent. While Ogai, he does have that suave charm to him, but it's more of a gentleman. He's much more of a gentleman because, like Megan was saying, and one of the reasons why she loves Ogai Mori, he's taking care of May. He's being an absolute gentleman and taking care of May. So that's a key trait right there. So Chris Wakeham definitely brings that quality and that aspect out of there. Uh, in Ogai, he is also very protective over May. <laughs> like, exceedingly protective over May. 
That's not a bad also thing. Also not a bad thing. It's also very amusing when he goes and basically is just like, yeah, like drags her away from one of the other guys. It's like, yes, yes, how are you today? It's great. <laughs> it's like, yes, yeah, so Tojiro, I'm glad you're doing okay. It's great. Um, yes, my little squirrel is safe. It's very, very cute. Um, but to also give Chris a lot of credit Chris is always good with his dramatic roles and Okai Mori does have his his little more time to shine the more dramatic side of it when it gets to the last third of the show and we're dealing with his story his part of his story um about where he's writing his novel and he can't do it because of his past love holding him back when instead his past love's trying to encourage him uh, it's very, very sweet and tender, and he's just so, so, because he has to seem kind of very out of it. Because one of the first things you learn about Ogai Mori, he takes a bath every day at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. on the dot, that's it. He took more than those baths during that part because he's just so out of it. And he's just, like, coming to grips and coming to terms with what he's doing. And... It comes off very, very well, and I enjoy that. But those very dramatic moments where he's trying to overcome his past, um, his past love and everything like that, it's, it was also hit very strong. And I have to agree with Gigi about the last episode in the show. That did hit. <laughs> I did not cry, but it did hit. <laughs> when she, because she's right. Like, it's very rare, almost never, where you have an anime adaptation of an Otome game legit ha like have an end game boy that the girl ends up does end up with. It's exceedingly rare when you have that happen. So with this show, they picked the most obvious boy, but also the right one <laughs> in this case because of But also the correct also answer. the correct answer because their relationship had been developing this whole time. So I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed Chris Wakeham's performance. Poncho time. Poncho time. <laughs> Unfortunately, on this side of the gym, we do not like to keep it dry. Um. Whoa. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> so, Damon Mills as Shunso. Oh, boy. I love this performance. Shunso is a good boy. My opinion, if it wasn't gonna be Ogai Mori, it better have damn been well Shunzo who won. <laughs> That's my opinion, and I will stay by that fact. Damon as Shunzo. Shunzo is kind of more along the quiet side. He's definitely one of the more quieter characters in this whole show that has a lot of a lot of bursting energy and personality to it. He's among one of the more quieter and reserved characters in the show. That's not to say he doesn't have his moments where he's a sassy savage, and I loved every second of it. Um, cause he'll just come in with those fun little dunks on May. <laughs> and it's just so fun. It's so precious. And I love it. He's, he's my good vanilla boy. I, I love Shunso. Um, I also have to say, and I loved, while this show was, while Simul Dub was airing, <laughs> I loved some of the tweets that Damon put out there about Shunso and how he's such a good boy. And he just loves the character so much. I'm like, I'm there with you, bud. <laughs> like, several months later, after I finally watched the whole thing, I'm like, I'm right there with you. Shinzo is a very good boy. But 
I do, I will agree partially with Gigi on the first few episodes of the show and how, like, his whole storyline with the cat is, like, it kind of goes on for so long and it's just kind of there as a plot point, but that's more on the fault of the show. And it does take a tiny bit to adjust for Damon, but I think it only maybe took one or two episodes and then I was invested. Um, I think by episode three, where he was with um, May, uh, waiting for Jane's ghost to pop up, and they're having this conversation, I think that was when I started feeling it a lot more, uh, and was getting much more sold on it. And then we get towards the, it keeps going, and <laughs> also Drunk Shunso is hilarious, and I love him, he's a precious bean. Uh, <laughs> that's not more booze! That's not more booze! Uh, and... It definitely, for Damon, it really hit in episode 11 for him. It hit the most in episode 11 when we learned that he's going blind. And he's just losing all this hope. Uh, and he's losing this hope, which is making him lose his drive and his motivation to create. Because he is, again, he's an artist. And... The interaction he has with May after she collects all those paintings he threw out um, and goes, and she comes back and gives them back to him. And she, like that moment, oh sweet lord, where he's holding her and just talking to her and just caressing her. And, oh my god. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she broke, fam. I she broke, broke, fam. Like, I broke. Damon, you son of a bitch. I fucking love you. <laughs> and this is before... Oh, man. Because the tone was just so soft and gentle that came out. And I was just feeling every second of it. And I'm like, oh, this is that moment. This is that moment where we really get to see him love May. And it's like, oh, I am here. I am there here for this. Thank you. Thank God. <laughs> I've been, I've been waiting for this the whole time because I know he's had a little crush on her the whole time. But, um, Damon nailed that. So A plus to you, sir. Uh, <laughs> but I find this very interesting. Like, he had this role and then we go into the spring season where he had Kona Oto Tomare to follow this. Um, with Chika, who is the opposite of Shunso uh, in almost every single way, but while I do like the moments when, I think I've said this before actually, while I do like the moments where Damon is a goddamn wizard um, and magically blows us away with his talent, I really also, I think I've grown to appreciate and love his natural tone as well. And, mo and with moments like this, because he really puts his all into these performances and these roles that he's given. Um, he's, I see, like, like full-fledged commitment in there, like, all like all the time. And this is one of those shows that you can see that, and I can appreciate that a lot. So, Shunso may be a vanilla boy. He may be vanilla. But, I but we all know Steph loves her vanilla. So, <laughs> Damon, Damon Mills... A plus plus for me. I loved every second of it. I'm done. Let me get off my soapbox. But you're gonna need to keep your ponchos. <laughs> Fuck off. Oh, we all know this was coming. <laughs> I'm going Mori last then. Uh. Shit. <laughs> um. I don't like this. I don't 
white bean put on the spot, damn it. It's so much easier to be horny when the boys are around. But it's so like, much fun I when the girls so, do it, too. I'm so much, like, I find it really funny that I'm more comfortable talking about, yeah, I'm gonna bang that anime boy, I'm gonna bang that anime chick in front of the guys. When it's you guys, I'm like, I wanna do it. <laughs> Megan, <laughs> we both, here's the funniest thing. I think that's the most passionate I've ever been about loving one of the characters in a show. <laughs> like one of loving Honestly, my best friends. Yeah, form. that's like that was like yeah. that was like a fucking love proposal to, to Shunso. I would date him, alright? You're not allowed to have my Nendroid, he's mine. I know, I know. I have to get my own. I do. I hope you can find another one of him, because he's kinda hard to I find. I hope so, so too. I'll find um, him. Oh boy, Damon Mills is Shunso. I also remember reading a lot of his tweets, along with the actress that plays May, and I remember he cried yep. recording this he show. He loves Shunso. So, so much. And I love Shunso, his performance of Shunso. I put Honabami here because that's the character it reminds me the most of. Oh yeah? It's very similar to his Honabami mm -hmm. voice, but a little bit older because Shunso is older than Honabami is. Or at least, Honabami is technically an ageless sword that has the body of like a 12-year-old. A, a uh, that's a story for a different name. Um, we've done that episode. That was episode 69. Ah. Nice. Uh, um, but no, I really liked, I really liked Mishun, so I think he got some of the sassiness off. God, one of my favorite deliveries is, a picture's worth a thousand words and this one tells me you're bad yes. at art. <laughs> Also, drunk Shunso voice. Holy <laughs> shit. Um, that isn't more booze. Look, every look everybody. It's Mr. Eel. <laughs> fucking line that killed me. But I, I do agree also that the stuff with the cat went on for a long time. I was like very surprised that that was the second to last boy arc. Yeah, I was, like, I was surprised too. I would have thought it would have been When is reverse. it Shunso's turn? Why is... It's when's it Shunso time? Like Mori got an arc. Mori got three arcs. Like I'm surprised. Like you would have thought Mori would have been last, actually, if that was Endgame. Yeah, I was surprised that Mori got his thing before yeah, Shunso did, weird. and I was like, but also being like that moment where he sees Mori and he ends up telling her, and it's like, oh my god, is he just gonna let her run around town? Holy shit. Mm -hmm. Um. <laughs> But no, Damon nailed every aspect of this. I can't add on any more than what you've said, so... Going back to the splash zone. I don't... I don't want to do this! It's weird! Do it. Because it's like my... Do it. Do it. Do it. Like my dad. Do I can't do it! Megan! It's like my... It's like talking about my dad! Daddy. <laughs> no! <laughs> Not like that! Not like we're that! Gonna, we're no! Gonna no! No! We're prefacing this by saying Megan... Loves Ogai Mori in this show. Loves the character of Ogai Mori Char in this show. Mori. Not Chris himself. Ogai Chris is married. Chris has children. That's just weird. Whenever we talk, like, just as a preference, whenever we talk about we're in love with the character, we mean the actual character, yeah, not the person not the playing, person them. playing them. That's weird. Sorry, boys. Like, <laughs> like like we like you as people. Yes, we like you. As we like you and love you as, as people. people. <laughs> like, not in a not in a weird sense. We like. like I I know that there are people who probably think otherwise. Yes. 
no, let's just stop that out right here. Yeah. None of us feel romantically towards any voice actor on this show. No. That no. is super fucking weird and really not professional. But it's, and that's just really dumb. It's super fun to play it up for comedic effect. It is. Fact. It's a lot of fun to play it up for comedic <laughs> effect. It really is. But like, Okay, look. Ogai Mori is like... Fuck, how do I describe this without embarrassing myself, even though my boyfriend 100% understands this? Well, you already had mentioned that he would take care- that Ogaimori is great because Exa- he would take I care liked- of you and act Listen, like a princess. sometimes, sometimes, I don't act like it. Because if anybody knows me, I'm really, really tomboy mm-hmm. Like, I am not very feminine. I am the least feminine of all the girls. Sometimes I want to be a Disney princess, though. Everybody sometimes wants to be a Disney princess, yeah. Goddamn Ogai Mori would be my goddamn Disney prince. Like, he feeds her. <laughs> he he buys her nice things. He lets her live in a mansion. He's just hot. He's attractive. He's powerful <clears throat> and rich. He could pay off my student loan debt. Shit, you're right. Fuck. <laughs> Mm. Like, he also fulfills the doctor fetish because he a surgeon. True, <laughs> he is an army surgeon. And Chris's voice is just chef's kiss. Like uh, yes. Sh- the cherry on top. <laughs> just moi. Like, holy shit! Chris Wickham is the only person I could ever hear be the English voice of Ogai Mori. He is, like, by far the best male performance in this show. He was the safest choice, but he is the bestest choice. Mm. Because he does Ogai's suave, he does Ogai's charming, he does Ogai's drama. Like, that episode where he's under the tree and he's got the cigarette in his mouth Uh, and he's talking about how he can't write. I was just like, I am there, I am there. And when they're confessing to each other, and I'm just like, why am I not May right now? I can see it. Yep. I was like, mm. Mm, ghost. Mm. Mm. And then, and then when they kissed and I got fucking sad because he knew that she, when he's like, you're going to leave me yeah. and he's getting all depressed because he's seeing her look at the fucking moon. Fuck the moon. <laughs> Play the song of time. Go back in time. Take the moon. Take that evil moon that smiles down on you and punch it in the face. Yeet it into um, the sun. Yeet the moon. <laughs> Just yeet it. Yeet that, yeet that negative moon out of your life. God damn it. Just, I, I loved Chris as, as Maury, and if it wasn't for other shows being out last year, he, he would have gotten some dubbies, but just, mm. Shit's keys. Chris, you did a great job. Fuck, I'm really trying not to embarrass myself. Look, I he went on me. a ten minute passion rant about Shunso. I right. can't do it! I can't do it! This is the most passionate, this is my best boy I'd ever been on a fucking episode all right and you and we've joked about you wanting to name your child ray chrome shadow legends <laughs> by the way everybody i'd like you to know that steph's sex life is sponsored by ray's shadow God legends damn it. and uh audible.com oh, fuck. <laughs> because i'm pretty sure when andrew's down there steph's pretty audible oh. wah, wah. Uh, I'm ready to move on before I dig myself a hole even deeper because this is on the internet and I'm going to be teased about this forever until I die. (laughs) (laughs) Look, you're already going to make people tease me about my sex life. So great. Thank you. I mean, you do it yourself. You're the one who said the comments. 
I may have said those comments, but let's talk about our lead character, May Ayazuki. God damn it. I pulled an Andrew. Um, <laughs> May Ayazuki is our main character. She is an Otome protagonist with an actual personality. Oh, no way. God. Holy shit. Uh, no, May is legitimately my favorite Otome protagonist of all time. She is about the equivalents. Like, okay. If, if, oh God, who did we say was who? Gigi, are you Cardi or Yui? Um, do, who do I like more? Or? Who, who would you say, what Otome protagonist would you say that you are in personality? Oh, in personality? Yeah. Fuck, I don't know. None of them, really. Okay. If I was ever an anime, if there was ever an anime Otome protagonist, it, I would be May. I like to eat, I like to yell, and I like to be cute. Um, <laughs> I sadly don't talk to ghosts, or do I? Um, <laughs> oh, that's really funny. I'm looking up uh, who plays um, May in the Japanese. May in the Japanese. And it's it's really funny is that she's uh, Clara from Princess Jellyfish. <gasps> yes! Aww. Even funnier is that she's Kyoko Izumi in Boonko Stray Dogs. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. Um, so, playing May is Madeline Morris. Madeline Morris, you'll know as characters such as Hibiki Sakura and How Heavy Are the Dumbbells You Lift, Sophie Gainsborough and Double Decker Duggan Kurill. And Haruka Oyama in Mix Meisei Story. <laughs> this is the role that literally divided Dub Talks dummies by gender. <sighs> it made me so mad. Oh, mad. It made me so mad. Legit, when we were coming up with the nominees for the Viewer's Choice Awards for last year, um, Madeline was getting votes for two different roles, so she would have ended up on there uh, either way. But the boys went with dumbbells while the girls were Meiji Tokyo Renka, and I was so mad. <laughs> we also denied all of our. Uh, okay, Gigi didn't have to deny her boy, but the, Steph and I had to deny our boyfriends. Yep, we had to deny our boyfriends the cuddles. The cuddles. Not and the me. Hugs. Mine don't do shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's 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 just the plus one. Yes. He's the plus one, but he's the fun plus one. Fua <laughs> mm -hmm. fua. Yeah, but gender split aside, um, <laughs> um, hmm. uh, Madeline is May. First of all, May Ayazuki is probably one of the few Otome game protagonists with a goddamn personality, and I fucking love every second of it. Because, like, here's the thing, the amnesia trope has been played so many times. The amnesia trope usually makes the character just so, like, doe-eyed and deadpan and stale. Not here. And thank God. <laughs> thank God. Because <laughs> I don't want to talk about the heroine from Amnesia. I would rather talk about Mei from Meiji Tokyo Renka. Thank you very much. Um, as for Madeline Morris. Ah, uh, what to say. Madeline gives it so much spunk and so much personality. And it's just like so much fun. <laughs> to be slightly fair, if there was a small criticism, I think though it leans more on the show's fault, not Madeline's performance. 
because one of the major points of the show is for her to find herself again. And if in the beginning, May is relatively quiet and standoffish and doesn't like really talk to people, but she really very quickly flips into the like bubbly personality when she gets yeeted into the past. Um, but I think that's more because of the amnesia effect, but I think the transition from the quiet to the bubbly was a little too fast, so I think that's more on the show's fault, um, rather than Madeline. But, ah, uh, Madeline is so adorable. She's so precious. She would be my best. Oh my god, if Megan is May, this is- I'm the best friend. <laughs> this is my best friend, May. <laughs> Aww. Like, she's- She's so lively and bubbly and has such a fun personality to her. And she doesn't take shit from anyone. She's like, why do you, was like, oh, you don't want to, you don't want to be an artist anymore, Shinzo? Well, fuck that noise. You need to keep doing it. Oh, oh, guy, you're going to stop writing? No, you continue writing so I can read your fucking story. <laughs> like, she, she's very encouraging. Um, and it's so wonderful, and it's very precious, and so adorable and cute. This, with one of the few times where we have a protagonist in an Otome anime adaptation that has personality, Madeline gives so much personality to, uh, so much funk and personality to the role. It's so, so, so much fun. And the electricity rap was very cute. It was very cute and adorable. And I loved every second of it. I realized I had a goddamn note about Aaron using music I never said, and it makes me very sad. What? That I kind of want to hear Aaron Deuce music sing a bit more. Ah! Because he had a little moment where he was kind of singing, and I'm like, my heart. <laughs> Kyoka, Aaron can sing. Oh, I want to hear more now. Dang it. Put him in an idol anime. Let's go. <laughs> Come on, you know they don't dub those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Never ever. Oh. Ever oh, ever. No, not not during simulcast ever. <laughs> Never. Not at all. Anyway. Anyway, Aaron just me needing to sing more aside. Madeline is very cute and precious and brings so much life and personality to May. Um that just makes her a character that you really want to root for in the end. So I loved every second of it. Woo! All right, I'm going to keep mine short and sweet because she won my W for this. So everything that I could have already said, I said in the W Award. So you should go back and listen to that episode. Hey. Or just fast forward to the part where I talk about Madeline Morris and Major Tokyo Renka. Um, I really thought her performance was quirky. Um, it was unexpected, actually, because like everybody has said, most Otome Pro Tags have the personality of a wet paper bag. Mm. And this one didn't. And actually, when I was looking through stuff about the game, they said that she doesn't really have a personality in the game, except she likes meat a lot. Really? Okay. Yeah. So for to turn like a wooden pro tag into this. And yes, the writing would also would have something to do with this. But I just think the performance is great. I didn't expect that voice to come out of her mouth because I'm so used to now the Jill Harris's. Or I'm so used to, um, who's the other girl that does it all the time? The cutesy voice, the Bryn, the Bryn Aprils, which mm. both are great. Don't get me wrong. Jill Harris plays fucking Cardia and that's amazing. We've talked about that already. Or if you're watching a Sentai dub, Maddie Fucknaway is who does it over there. Um, yes. 
Maggie. Maggie, not Maddie. Yes. I forgot. Yeah, that's right. She does a lot of Otome Pro Tags. Yep. Um, I'm so used to those. I'm not, I wasn't used to like the quirkiness that this performance brought. I thought she had a really like a lot of fun tones and she makes May sound really kind of musical, which is why I bought the electricity rap. And I was like, okay, like all the up and down that May does. And oh my God, I'm going to name that cat Porkloin. Like she just believes it. Like all these weirdo things. And I was like, yeah, I feel that in you. Um, it's good to have an Otome pro tag and a voice for one. Because Cardia, remember at the beginning, was kind of doll-like and robotic. Mm-hmm. Because, well, we're not spoiling Code Realize here. But it was just nice to kind of have that in in anime it was very unexpected and that's what made me like it a lot and gave her an award you guys keep talking i will be right back okay are you done yes i'm done okay i'll go so i also had madeline morris as my best female performance in a comedy this year for the w like she is fantastic in the show she brings the show to life for me if chris wakem is the best guy performance of the show madeline morris is just the best performance in the Mm -hmm. show she has a lot of little cute moments where she has to make like snap noises where she has to have, like, both this dramatic part and then it's that, like, oh, me kind of cutesy voice. Like, her range for just May as a character kind of goes all over the place from comedic to dramatic to, to heartfelt. And it is, like you guys said, most Otome protagonists don't have personalities. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I, I don't want to dunk out of their show, so I won't. I, I yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to be mean to another show. Um, but... I, I, okay, I'll be mean to another show that's not Funimation. So it's, it's why I like her as this over Maggie as UA and definitely Maggie as heroine. Like, mm-hmm. and that's not the for, the fault of Maggie. Cause I, I have come to learn that I like Maggie fucking away in other shows where she's actually allowed to act. Yep. Um, kids on the slope. She's literally one of the best parts of kids on the slopes. Awful dub. Let's go with that. Um, but the way that Madeline plays May is that she sounds like a teenage girl thrown into this situation. It's over the top. It's silly. She's literally chasing around ghosts. She's literally interacting with hot historical guys and pretend and learning how to be a woman. And she's getting smacked around and she's got to f- sing to which God, I love Madeline's like, this is my legacy now, I guess. <laughs> About the poor rap, which is really well done and funny as shit. Um, it is, it is jank in the best way possible. Um, it's, it's not, it, I say that because again, Sarn's Omni came out last year and the music on that is really well done. And that is the new level of like, that was really well done and I need to actually sit and watch it. But actor song connection did dub all of its songs. Mm. And I've heard the one from the first episode and it's good too it good fam um it it, it that's another girls night episode that's coming yep. um, yeah eventually eventually i promise marissa <laughs> um, we love you marissa Lenti. <laughs> we love you marissa um but no there's a reason that we all the girls backed the madeline train last yeah. year for this performance i'm not saying her hibiki soccer performance isn't really good to, too so but to like, be fair all of Dub Talk ma- back Madeline Morris in general Madeline last Morris year. Last, last year. Like, Madeline Morris had an s- outstanding year oh, last sure. year between this and Dumbbells mm-hmm. and um, 
Also, Mix, because yeah. we haven't talked about that, and I really fucking liked her in she's Mix. She's really fun in Mix, too, um, yeah. I need to finish that. She's really, she's really good in Mix. She's also really good in Nichijo. Um, but, yeah, no, I loved it. She's the best performance in the show, and I am mm-hmm. so happy that they, that she got to play the actual Otomide protagonist with the personality. Yep. So, and it really, it, and especially in combination with Kristen's writing, really knocked it out of the park. Um, so, final thoughts. If you haven't watched Meiji Tokyo Ranka, don't sleep on it. Please. Please don't. It's a fun show. <laughs> it's a really fun show. It's one of the few Otome anime adaptations that's has so much fun and charm and personality to it. And again, like we've said five million fucking times, it has a protagonist that isn't a fucking wet paper towel personality. That's the best part of it. Um, but in terms of the dub itself, oh man, it it's, it is solid. It is so much fun. Does it take an episode or two to kind of get into it with some, maybe some because of some growing pains? Yes, it does. However, once you get past those little growing pains, it turns into such a fun charming full of energy and life and you can tell that the that they put a lot of passion and care into this dub too what i've i think what i've come to know learn about tabitha ray directed shows she puts in a lot of energy and personality to it but she also has a lot of passion involved too like she understands the material she puts all of that energy and that drive into those shows to make sure that they come out as such fun little pieces of work with probably the apex of her work right now of course being Saren Zanmai um so but I really hope she gets to do some more fun directing projects um three two one let's go uh but solid casting solid directing fun writing overall it's just such a fun show from a female perspective, for a female demographic, you're going to love this show, especially if you've seen the amount of trash Otome game anime adaptations that we have seen <laughs> on this show. Like, you will love this one for sure. Um, and the dub itself is so solid. It's phenomenal. Loved every second of it. Well, on that note, I will say this is not my favorite Otome adaptation I've ever watched. You also love your trash, (laughs) so. I do, and that's where we differ, because I like mine a little more adult, with a little more trash mixed in, which is maybe why I didn't like this. I also hate period dramas, so like when I realized that this was not an isekai, but they're legitimately going back in time, I was like, oh, shit. Um, you're like damn that, it I know I was just like fuck I don't want to learn things I want trash um, when I first watched this um, in the sub I pegged it my favorite of the season I don't remember what else was in that season now but I'm still going to stand by it was my favorite of that season um, I watched the dub the show itself took me a while to get into I just I couldn't like episode 2, 3, 4 I just I couldn't like I was just the first episode was great episode two three four I was like not feeling it and finally when it got to six six was where I had the flip where I started to really enjoy it 
But that being said, the dub is really fantastic and we still don't get all of these dubbed, fam. But yeah. a lot of anime like this are relegated to sub only and most of them are relegated to um, Crunchyroll or Sentai or a lost Funimation release that will never get a dub. I'm looking at you, Starm, you wear season two and three. But in a show like this, you have to support it. So as much as I may not have liked the first half, um, when it goes on sale, I'm sure going to buy it. I sure did stream it a lot. In fact, I probably streamed this more than any show I've streamed for this podcast in the past however many months, mostly because I kept falling asleep through the first three episodes, but that's beside the point. And I kept rewatching <laughs> them. But shows like these, for the demographic that we are, that's very small, if we want them to continue dubbing and licensing them, we need to keep watching it. This is a very good dub for a show that I don't personally care for in my top five Otome Idol Bishi shows. But that's mostly because of your own preference, really. That's my own personal preference. Yeah. You know, the dub is great for a, sh- for a show that a good portion of the population of the anime community doesn't give a fuck about. This dub was really good. Which makes me happy because they've put care and they've put some money and they've put talent into it. And that's really what anime like this needs right now. So no matter like how I feel about the show personally, like it's still a great dub and I still think that you should watch it. Um, Just make sure you're watching the uncut version because there's an episode in yes. there where Charlie is not played by Ian Sinclair. And I was because he was sick. and I was like, who the f- this is not my man. It was Justin Briner, by the way. No wonder it sounded nothing like my husbando. I was like, Jesus Christ, get the fuck out of here, Charlie. Who is this imposter? Get out of my house. house. (laughs) I will say, though, actually, last year I noticed Funimation actually getting a lot better about this. Because not only did they dub this, they did Ensemble Stars, they did Stand My Hero. Um, They have that, and they did A3 last season before A3 got I'm that the reason that got delayed was not their fault. I'm still shocked about ensemble stars. Still shocked about ensemble yeah, stars. That was still like a legitimate like what the fuck. And I remember what Steph wasn't there at the Funimation panel when they talked about it continuing. I was the only person in the room who was excited about Man, it. Man, fuck everybody else. I love ensemble stars. I was like, yeah, boy. <laughs> but no, like they did. They did stand my heroes. They did. Um, they did. And and there's actually a really great. Uh, video that Funimation did on their booth stories and it was women in the booth. Oh good. And they had a lot of, they had a lot of their female directors or people who identify female uh and I remember Michelle Rojas talking about Otome anime and how more of them needed to be dubbed and how it was great to work on them. Girl, um, welcome to the club. You want some box bless, wine? We got that thank shit. Thank you Michelle, you're a goddess. But like they they've they've they also grabbed uh like I remember A3 being like one of the first things they grabbed last year as of winter 2020. Uh they grabbed Boongo to Alchemist this season. They're going to be grabbing they're going to be doing another show that looks a bit more female uh leaning because the entire cast is women. Uh called that they got from Anaplex called a Millionaire Detective Unlimited. Good. I'm glad to see that um, it's turning since the last time we had this rant which was on the Royal Tudor episode. Which been a couple years and it's and it's getting better because like they are picking up these things and they are they are doing it they are like uh on stars got like I, I i mentioned i'm trying to think of other stuff that they've picked up like galactic heroes is not shoujo trash mm-hmm. but that is a series that has a huge female fan base well, like mm-hmm. like 
Galactic Heroes has a ginormous women and gays fan base. Um, and it, even more so, I like that these um, quote-unquote like Otome shows or Shoujo Trash shows are almost almost always directed by women, too. Um, thinking about yeah. thinking about Ensemble Stars is directed by a woman. Token Rambu is directed by a woman. Uh, mm-hmm. This was directed by a woman. Uh, try to think. Uh, A3 was direct is being directed by a woman, because that's Tia. Um, actor song connection, but, you can say. Yeah. Yeah. Actor song connection. That 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 got fucking dubbed. Yeah, I couldn't believe that, that. got fucking dubbed out of nowhere. Thanks, thanks. Sorry, I, I, Marissa would have been just. Dis- sorry, Marissa. Uh, but no, like I I do say that out of out of the three companies, like Funimation's actually really stepped it up in their their game. Absolutely, they have. Um, because Sentai, Sentai got a couple of those shows. Like, I think they got Yume 100. They got Thousand Musketeers. And they didn't do it. They're not even them. released on disc yet. Yeah. And Udapri, like, the movie, still waiting, Sentai. Yeah, that one that one I can understand. But, like, that that's going to be a sub-only release. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, if, 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 okay, so I am now in the camp that if Udapri ever gets a dub, all the fans would fucking riot. So I don't even want one anymore. I'm just, like, I've relegated to it never getting dubbed. I, I think I, I think I... I think I know why, and it start, it's a it's a little show we'll talk about in another episode, but um no, I, I really love this. This was this is probably one of my favorite dubs from last year. Um it just unfortunately came out in a year that had a lot of other stronger drama dubs. Um, sorry. But this is one of my favorite Otome shows now. Like, I absolutely fucking love this Yay. show. Like May is one of my favorite characters. This is the type of show that Megan likes. Um I, I, I absolutely had a great time with it. I thought the dub was great. I thought Madeline, Chris, Damon, Howard, uh, Chad, Aaron, the Aarons, Aaron Sneak Garrett, Aaron Squared, one sneaked Garrett, um, and just suddenly we sneaked a Garrett into your diet. Um, <laughs> but the, the thing I really want to, I really wanted to say was, I remember when this got picked up for dub that some people were super adamantly against it. Mm-hmm. And they were like, ugh, why do we have to- why are you getting this girly shit? No one wants to watch these girly power fantasies. And I'm just thinking- and and rightfully, a lot of the Otome community came out with knives against this person. (laughs) As they should. But it does- it does really feed into something that I feel, like, kind of strongly about, which is- so many times, I've interacted with other people who want to deny even- I know Gigi doesn't particularly like the show- is uh, even people who will uh, dis dis on Fruits Basket, mm-hmm. which I've noticed like as a show transcends male, female, non-binary, genderqueer, like it defies demographics as a show. Oh, absolutely, show. it does. Like that show, regardless of where you come from, it is a it's a hard shoujo show. Like it is one of the formative blocks to a lot of younger, or at least people my age, anime fan wise. And I've interacted with people it's like, ew, I don't want to watch that show. It's too, it's for girls. And I just want to say this. I'm a girl. Do you know how many shows I've watched that are made for guys and enjoyed them? <laughs> also, like, do you also, how also, many... Fruits Basket does make men cry. Yeah, Hardy is like the biggest, straightest dude I know. And he fucking cried. Andrew and he fucking cried. Balls. Andrew and I <laughs> cried together watching a couple episodes one time. Yeah, like... I the think Jet was emotional. I think I remember the straightest Jet was men I know get emotional to that show. And like, along to that point, uh, Hardy likes this. Does he? Yeah. Yes. Go Hardy. He does. And, uh, 
Yeah, Hardy likes this. Uh, my friend Got really likes this, and he's a guy. Um, Jamal just watched it too, actually. Jamal likes it. it. Jamal loves it. Mm-hmm. Like, dudes can like this stuff. It's, it's like there's fucking it, there's okay. no sh- <laughs> yeah there's no shame in like if you identify male and you like this type of stuff like why don't hide it like tons of us who identify female like stuff that is quote unquote for boys yeah like I like my hero I see a lot of myself in Bakugo who doesn't have a pair of boobs or a vagina um. Like and I, don't I re- see... and I really love Doctor Stone. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, she literally wants to be Chrome. Um, <laughs> I, I want to be Chrome. Chrome is my son. Um, but like this, I, I hate this idea that like it's bad that shows like this get licensed and dubbed. When I'm like, do you know how many dime a dozen isekai that have slavery narratives in them that we have to watch goes through, or that gets picked up and gets dubbed that we go through, like? Do you think that, like, you want to, we want, as girls, want to watch a show where a guy just gets to buy women? Yeah. So, I'm just saying, like, equal opportunity shit here. Mm-hmm. If we have to sit through your garbage shows, <laughs> you can sit through our garbage <laughs> shows getting dubbed. Or, or, you can sit through the wonderful shows that we so love that's for a female demographic and fall in Thanks. love with them, too. Too. Or you can just shut your mouth and let us do what we want. Fuck yeah! Or, or shut up and let girls enjoy things. Woohoo! Yes. Anime that- is not a man's world, ladies and gentlemen. Also, B, there's a good chance that a woman created your favorite shonen show, you asshats. <laughs> Full Metal Alchemist called. Mm. Blue Exorcist called. Ooh, recent example B Stars. B Stars called. <laughs> So yeah, I, lo- I love Shut you, Paru. <laughs> I love you, Paru. Never change, egg. Never change, chicken head lady. Ah uh, um, yes. That's for another episode. Anyway, if you'd like to follow <laughs> Dub Talk Podcast, <laughs> this has been my TED Talk. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Now watch me shill on the carpet like a naughty, dirty girl. Oh, uh, you should probably first say where we can where people oh, yeah, can find Meiji right. Tokyo Ranka. <laughs> that's that's true too. I should say that. If you'd like to if you'd like to prove that you're a real if you'd like to prove that you have a pair of testes um, <laughs> physical or metaphorical, I don't judge. Oh god. All men if you say you're a man, you're a man. Um if you'd like to to watch Meiji Tokyo Ranka, you can check out it on both Crunchyroll and Funimation. Funimation, I believe, has both the sub and dub, or at least the dub, and Crunchyroll might have the sub. You can also pick up the... It is Blu-ray... It is Blu-ray digital only. There is no DVD for Meiji Tokyo Renka. It is a Blu-ray only release. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can pick that up from the Funimation shop. Um, and again, you can legally stream it. That being said, if you'd like to follow Dub Talk Podcast, you can follow us at, at Dub Talk Podcast. Um, just don't look at any of the messages from April 1st. I think someone hacked our account. They had dynamite dynamite in the brain. I haven't been able to get access back from for the account. I don't know why, but this this chart whoever's doing this charge man can stan account. Like what the fuck? Who's charge man? They have dynamite. I don't know, but they have dynamite in the brain. You can anyway. watch Charge Men Ken on Retro Crunch and Crunchyroll. Retro oh. Crush, first of all. Retro Crush. <laughs> Shit. Retro New streaming crush app, boys and girls. New streaming app. We got and Retro. It's free. Uh, but if you like, again, if you'd like to follow us, we're at Dub Talk Podcast. You can follow us on YouTube, Twitter, uh, Facebook, 
Oh, wait, no. YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. Tumblr is dead. Uh, and then, if you would like to support us uh, as a one-time donation, you can donate to our Kofi, uh, which is in the bottom thing below. If you would like to donate to us on a more regular basis and support us, you can uh, do that at Patreon, where we have a $5 tier, which has Michelle Travis, Miraculous Corazon, Nico Robin, but with Yowie Hands, and our $10 tier, Crimson Echidna, Carly Lustacow, Jacob Wilson, J2, aka Jerry, Julia W, Marissa Lenti, and we be. Ladies, uh, be dirty, dirty girls and show yourself all over the carpet. <laughs> it's fun being a dirty, dirty girl. Anyway, uh, my name is Stephanie. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Lilac Anime Review with review being spelled R E V U E, uh, where I just post about random things sometimes. Um, probably tomorrow once April Fools is done and I'm stopped being gritty uh, for the day, I will probably tweet more about Animal Crossing because I fucking love and hate my friends. We bought her a Switch light. <laughs> they bought me a Switch in Animal Crossing. Ugh, and I've been playing it today too. Um, I just got it today. It was not an April Fools joke. It's legit. Um, I also have a blog, lifeandhimesotaku.wordpress.com, which I need to update very desperately, and I haven't had the opportunity. Hey, maybe since I'm working from home, I should do that sometime. Hashtag stay at home otaku. Yeah, hashtag stay at home, hashtag social distancing, hashtag wash your fucking hands, you heathens. I'm done. Alrighty. <laughs> What, what what up fam uh, my name is Gigi <laughs> you can follow me on YouTube and Twitter at Anime Palooza where I post videos on Wednesdays and Saturdays about whatever I seem to buy off Japan websites and then Udapri Shining Live because that's where my life works I also have two other podcasts the Shoujo Trash Showdown and the Aaron the anime R&R podcast where we talk about stuff like this. In fact, we have talked about stuff like this. So you can come follow us, check us out, have a good time. We're going to party. And um, I think I've watched more anime in the past three weeks than I have like all of last year. Yeah. Damn. The last, like, I think we brought this up before. I think we brought this up in Domestic Girlfriend. Before Domestic Girlfriend, the last time Gigi was on the dub talk episode was Saren Zanmai. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ, now we've had you on two episodes. Three come Saturday. Jesus, Gigi, you're just filling up your your calendar and your slate here. God. You know, I have no boyfriend. Card. He's in Texas quarantine, so I got nothing else to do. Anyway. think that leaves you hostess with that, the mostess. That, that's me. My name is Megan. You can follow me at Queen Air 2, where I shitpost on a daily basis and talk about how much I love my cat and my boyfriend. Uh, that's about all I do. So with that being said, guys, it's time to, to hide the box wine and the bodies. Oh, do we have to oh, let yeah, the boys we... out of the cage now? Well, yes, I... I think Andrew has started to eat his own shoes. Andrew, Andrew, I accidentally Andrew, left that's a copy not... of Charlotte Andrew... down there. Andrew, that's not the rubber that you have to use right now. Oh, snap. Yep. I guess Stephanie's not into some Boston cream Somebody pies. thirsty. Uh. <laughs> oh, boy. I just feel bad. I kind of left a copy of Charlotte down there. <laughs> well, that would explain why he's eating his shoes now. He's lost his damn mind. <laughs> Roots is a rock, apparently. He's not reacting, but he seems okay. Itchy's just laughing maniacally in the corner for some reason, though. That's So do you want to let them out, or do you guys just want a social distance drink over Skype? I, I, I'm good with the social distancing drinking over. Yeah, let's that. option A. 
Because, like, why, why, why should we put the box wine? <laughs> Steph, is, Steph is like, let's keep the box wine. Gigi's like, let him no, out. No, I meant the other way. Was that option B? That's option, yeah, that's option B. B. I had too much wine. <laughs> well, we're going to keep drinking. We're going to keep drinking. The boys can stay there. It's fine. It's fine. It's it's not like I have a copy of Boku no Pico queued up for that. We'll let them out oh. when it's time to watch Ensemble Stars. Stars. Uh, Only yes. Noah, though. Only. He's not Noah's even, not even down there right there. He's in a separate that you cage. Know of. He's in a separate cage. Oh, he's in a separate cage with the lots and lots of trains uh, commercial <laughs> looping on it. <laughs> Cookity clock here they come down the track. God damn it. It's All lots right. and lots of boys. We need more wine. Let's go. Come on, girls. We good gotta night, go drink it. Love your faces. Thank you and good night, Otaku on, my friends. And remember, kids. Don't get what's in the box. It's a time machine. <laughs> God damn and remember, it. if you're gonna go at eighty-eight, if you're gonna go at eighty-eight miles an hour with him, make sure you're wearing the proper protective gear. P P E P P E P P E. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> I'm not afraid of the dark.